0: Hello, It's Friday night, and that can mean just one thing. It's time for Game Face at Sifted.net on Sifted Games in what could be our final episode here in our studio. Sifted. A game Face. Infinity War. The last, the last showdown. <laughs> and I do appreciate that some of you decided to stick around and watch our stream instead of going to see Infinity War. What is wrong with you? <laughs> I already saw it. So yeah, I am. Uh, I may actually go see a movie in the theater. I think I may go see yeah, you this should one. should go. I see... didn't go see Black Panther, but
1: well, that's your problem. <laughs> yeah. I don't go to movies. Was... No, but that was a good one. But like, if you're going to see one Marvel movie in a theater this year, and you haven't already seen Black Panther, you should see this.
0: So I should see Infinity War instead of Black Panther.
1: Mm, no, I should say. I think you should see both. Okay. But if you absolutely <laughs> insist on one or the other, <laughs> Infinity War has more like. Oh my God! I'm glad I saw that on a big screen. Okay. No, Also, Black Panther made like $1.3 billion. They're good. Yeah, yeah. They they, they did just fine. Yeah, I'll wait for that. Black Panther 2 is probably happening. Yeah, I think it's
0: definitely. 2, 3, maybe 4. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, It is Friday night. Thank you for joining us on your Friday evening. Hopefully, you guys are kicking up your feet after a long week of work. We're still going at it here. Uh, I was on a show today called uh, Game Talk Live. Uh, The archive of that episode is up on the site right now. We curated it. Uh, Marcus
1: was was very good and didn't swear.
0: Yeah. Well, he was... He apparently is on that show a lot. Yeah. I've never even really watched that show before. I'd never heard of it, but it, like, seemed kind of like what we
1: were trying to do with a Daily X-Play back in 2008 a little bit. Yeah. Except they actually got people to
0: be on it. Yeah. (laughs) But apparently he's been on there several times. It's the first time for me. Uh, But it's it's kind of a straighter news show for yeah. games, I guess is a good it's way a, to put it's it. It's a straight-up talking head kind yeah, of thing. It's only like 30 minutes, though. So I was shocked yeah, was at how minutes. short it is. It's like, wait, you guys do all this production. So I've been in touch with them for like four days, mm-hmm. doing pre-pro, and I was like, you guys do all this work for a 30-minute show? How many times do they do oh, is it? Is it every day? I or? think it's I think they do it two or three times a week, actually. Mm. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, anyway, it's, all, it's up on uh, the Sifted homepage right now. You can check it out after Game Face. Um, so this or simultaneously, you might... just want gibberish in your ear and sound from everything. <laughs> yeah, it's Marcus, uh, myself, and Ray Carcillo, who actually Ray has been on Game Face before. Literally, like the first like twenty episodes, I think he came in mm-hmm. and did an episode to fill in one time. Uh, he used to work for EGM. Now he's working at Machinima. But anyway, I thought the discussion was pretty interesting. It's all about uh, video game reviews and whether it's still relevant and blah blah blah. But I've been in here all day. Had to come in and set up for that, and I just decided to stick around and uh, hang out here for Game Face with you guys. So this might be the last episode here. Uh, we are getting kicked out next Friday, the 4th, which maybe we can slide a show yeah, in. I don't think that's going <laughs> to work. It's,
1: that's riding the ragged edge of disaster.
0: What I, what, I, it is. what I thought about was just basically moving everything else out. I have to do a lot of moving, moving in here this weekend. I have to get so much crap out of here. Uh, but I thought maybe just leaving it... Just bare bones so we could do a show as one last, like, for a yeah. farewell. Because there's nothing bare bones about that.
1: Yeah. You, know, you still need
0: furniture and cameras. No, I'm saying get rid of all that. And, like, you and I just, like, sit here on, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm just holding on to something I don't want to let go. Don't hold on to the blank white room, Shane. <laughs> yeah. It's not worth it. Uh, we'll see. We will have a show next week. Although, but I know
1: we could go viral if, the, like, the, the building security that doesn't exist, busts in, is throws like, you this
0: out. out. Yeah. I think the bigger problem is, I'm not sure if the, the internet is cut off here, on the 4th, like midnight of the 3rd, or if it's, runs for the whole end of the day, on the 4th, I have to look into that, but, usually there's no schedule for that, it could happen
1: anytime. Well, I told them they can't cut it off, before the 4th, Right, but that means they could mean anything.
0: Right, like it could be any time during the day they cut it off. That's true. Yeah, so there is going to be a show next week. Where it will be will be a complete mystery. So you have to tune in and find out. We could be like in my apartment. We could be at a park somewhere. You just don't know.
1: And <laughs> we don't know either,
0: apparently. Yeah, them. I am getting a little weepy uh, thinking about uh, moving out of here. I've been in here for like three years. Um, yeah, it's been a while. It's pretty crazy to think about
1: maybe one last burglary, burglary for old time's sake.
0: No, that's that's my worst fear actually <laughs> is that with like a week to go like somebody comes in here and like takes a bunch of stuff out of here. Not that I leave that much here overnight anyway, but mm-hmm. there's some stuff that they could get. So, we'll see. You'll know next Friday get where that we're gonna...
1: Pikachu. <laughs> which which really looked like it was sitting on your shoulder through most of the uh interview today. Yeah, yeah,
0: I know. Well, actually like that that uh bottle up there When I first started shooting, I had it, like, right above my head, and it looked like I had, like, a... (laughs) So I, I like, moved that, but I did not pick up on the Pikachu thing. So, anyway, here we are for Game Face 126. We do have a great episode uh, for you guys. You may have thought this was a quiet week in games, but it absolutely was not. We have a a ton of great topics. Uh, One more housekeeping thing. Um, If you could subscribe uh, through Twitch Prime... On the stream, that would be great. We are tracking pretty far below where we were the last couple months. So I saw a few of you guys already did that when you jumped on the stream tonight. Thank you very much. We really appreciate it. Uh, but if any, any of you guys haven't done it yet for this month, please do. Uh, it's a free $2.50 for us. And for those of you on YouTube who are watching this archive several days later than our patrons, um, please. Yeah. <laughs> it's really not hard. Why not? I mean, we've been giving you Pactor Factor and Game Face for free. It literally takes like a minute to go to our uh, Twitch channel and give us a free $2.50 if you are an Amazon Prime subscriber. We would really, really appreciate it. So that's it. Might be the final intro in our old digs, but let's get on with the show. We're going to talk about God of War again. Because last week we talked about it. We both were, I was about 10 or 15 hours into it. Mm-hmm. You were about the same, maybe a little less. Or maybe you were ahead of me last I was week. way ahead of you. Yeah, and I just lapped your ass <laughs> over the last seven days. Because the game is so freaking good. It is so good, Matt. Like, I, we published our game, my game eval yesterday. And uh anytime I write game evals or do anything serious editorially, I keep hyperbole out of it. So... I don't make like crazy declarative statements, but this is a freaking video cast, podcast. And uh, I- I've got to say that I don't know that I've enjoyed a game as much as I've enjoyed God of War since Resident Evil 4. Hmm. That is a big, big statement coming from me. To me, this game just got better and better and better as it went on by the time I finished it I don't know exactly how long I spent I think it was around 40 hours it could have been more sounds about right I didn't want it to end I wanted it to just keep going and truth be told you know they throw you back out into the open world and you can't continue like mopping up side quests yeah. and I'm absolutely going to do that Matt and I cannot remember the last game like this where the game ended with stuff left to do and I actually went back and did it I I know well,
1: people hope the combat system actually has some meat on it. I, uh, like, it was, it's fun to play. Like, that, you know, you weren't just trying to finish no. a story. You're, it's fun to play it.
0: No, a lot of times, like, when I get to the end of games like this, I, I feel like the last, like, five or ten hours, I'm like, okay, like, this can end now. Mm-hmm. Um, this game, no way. I just, I simply did not want it to end. Um, I don't know how much a higher of a recommendation I can give to a game. I mean, the crazy thing to me is that it is... It still has old aesthetics to it because it's design. It's not an open world game. Mm-hmm. It's about as close as you can get to being open world without being open world.
1: Yeah. but it's, it's uh, In this in that sense, it's a little bit like The Witcher 2 where it was just like yeah, big open that's areas. A, that's a good analogy. You have to transition between those areas. Yep.
0: Because there's lots of times where you play it where you... And, I, and Sam, when we were talking before the show, he's like, "Is it an, it's an open world game, right? But because you look at it, it feels like it is. But technically, it's not. Yeah,
1: there's places to you know openly explore, but it's not like here's a giant map with stuff to do that you just run from place to place. There's like there's gateways to you have to get through story-wise. There's uh, the collectibles are not as out of control as a Ubisoft game, for no. instance. Uh, and usually, most of that stuff is fairly meaningful. I would say
0: almost all. Um, of them. There's yeah. a couple
1: of like just sort of like hey, go pick up the the go kill these guys that were my crew or whatever but like for the most part i'd say like the the side quests or the favors as they call them uh further things and give you worthwhile items and expand the world well enough that they're
0: worth doing i also wish i had gone and recorded more b-roll because obviously this footage we're looking at right now is literally the first like few hours of the Mm -hmm. game when i first started playing it and by the time I got to the end of the game, watching me play now is a completely different story from.
1: Yeah, but you wouldn't want to do that. It like, spoils too yeah. much. Like my friend, yeah. one of my friends came over uh, the other day, and I had it on pause, and I was pretty far. I was probably like eighty percent of the way through at that point, and uh, he came over and he's like, "Oh, well, let me see what it looks like." I'm like, "Mmm," and he's playing. It. He's like, he's very like hour two in. Oh, okay, and I'm like, I can't unpause it because I had it on the. On the screen where you see the armor, or yeah, if, you know, yeah, yeah, and I and like, yeah, you know, he's like, "Oh, you got fancy armor." I'm like, "Yeah, I, c- I can't unpause it because like the dialogue they're gonna have is gonna and where they are is gonna ruin something. You yeah. know, expose some stuff about and like really, it's be- you know, I'm not a, a total like, oh no, spoilers, pristine. I can't know. I don't care about that shit. Yeah. But like, and in fact, I know Norse mythology well enough that early on in the setup, I realized a lot of what was going to happen, but the way it unfolds and how it happens is worth being surprised by.
0: It's also one of those games where once it ends, you start looking back at things that happened throughout the game Mm -hmm. where you're kind of like, what? What's that? And you're like, oh my gosh, now I totally get what was going on there. I think
1: This is a long game, but I think uh, narratively, it would be an interesting second playthrough knowing what you know. Yeah, just to see if there
0: were other little clues Mm -hmm. hidden here and there. Um, Yeah, I... uh, I am shocked at how much I like this game. Um, I mean, I've liked God of War in the past. I kind of started to burn out on it a little bit. Yeah,
1: at, I, I didn't finish three. I did. I mean, um, I, I, I... I basically bailed out in that big Hades maze. Yeah. Um.
0: I, I, I get it. Cause, but for me, by the last... is kind of what I was saying earlier. The last four or five hours of that game, I was fighting to get to the end of the yeah. game. I wasn't necessarily enjoying it all that much at and that point. Like I had of enjoyed wars, a lot of, leading up to that, but it kind of like burnt out.
1: And I felt like the, the, the at least the later God of War is like uh, uh, Three and Ascension... At a certain point, I felt like I was just like grinding my way from boss fight to boss fight. Like yeah. the individual, like the combat with the kind of the cannon fodder enemies was not enjoyable and just sort of a waste of my time. It was just a that's means never, to an end. Yeah, and that's n- never true in this game.
0: Never. Like every fight ever. is
1: interesting. Every even like you know, there's a there's a one of the realms you can go to is just basically an arena battle thing. You yeah. Just you, just you know, work your way up through harder and harder fights. And I had one fight where I had to kill. I think I had to kill a hundred enemies, and it was great. Yeah, it like really it was. Is. It was. It like, I've su-
0: impressed myself, surprised myself so many times playing this game. Like some of those scenarios where you just drop into a room and enemies just start flooding in. Your first instinct is, "I'll never get through this. I'm so screwed." And then somehow you start using all the tools that you're given, and you can work it out. Mm-hmm. So many different ways too, because. I used the crap out of Atreus, Kratos' son. You came in here today, you're like, I hardly even used him.
1: I keep forgetting about it. I use him, like, if, if you, you can use the summons with him to, like, electrify everybody or whatever. Yeah. I, use, I use that when I get in serious trouble. I had the
0: wolves. I used the wolves. But I
1: continually, um... I'll continually finish a fight, and he'll say, like, I didn't really do much that time. And I'm like, oh, right. I for- Yeah, I can do... Yeah.
0: <laughs> but that's another thing that's cool. Like, if you... If he really takes over a fight, yeah. after the fight's over... There are different things that they say to each other based upon how much you utilized mm-hmm.
1: him. And to be fair, like, in the harder fights in the game, you have to use... Like, he, he's a oh, key yeah. part of your your arsenal in the Because there are
0: certain enemies where he is extremely valuable. Mm-hmm. Where literally, like, one arrow from him can drop a guy that might take you... Mm-hmm eight or ten whacks of your axe to take down. Yeah,
1: it's like one of the... I had to learn, like, kind of the thing where, you know, there's somebody, some the guy's far away, they're charging up their red attack that can't be blocked, I can't get to them in time. Oh, right, I can shoot him with, with Atreus. And after you level him matters.
0: up, he... I don't want to spoil too much, but after you level him up, he, his arrows start taking different properties that mm-hmm. can be really, really valuable in some of the game's yeah, harder filling fights.
1: Yeah, t- filling out the skill tree happens pretty early, really. But, like... I, finished, uh, I
0: actually filled up all my trees... Like 10 minutes before I fought the final boss. Really? Yeah. Well, you said you don't have Atreus all the way filled up.
1: Uh, I have a skill tree filled up. Oh. But I don't have like the, the you have the, the blacksmith upgrades. I don't know. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I gave him a nice nice suit of armor, nice high level suit of armor. But they want like 60,000 silver for the last yeah. upgrade. And I'm like, mm, he's doing <laughs> fine. Yeah, he doesn't...
0: Yeah. Well, I can tell you, you do not need that. <laughs> it's, it's At that point, it's just for vanity. Like you right. get the armor before that. You're... The
1: skills are the most important thing for
0: yeah, him. Yeah, Absolutely. But I did not fill up my skill tree completely until like ten minutes before the final fight. Huh? Yeah. I was
1: full hours and hours and hours. Really? And hours did ago. you
0: do a lot of side quests?
1: Yes, I did. I, I, I do. Why did
0: I even ask that question? I do everything. <laughs> I even, if
1: there's something to do before I can move on in the story, I do it. And in fact, I got myself in trouble a couple of times because some of the optional stuff clearly meant to be done later.
0: Oh my gosh!
1: And because uh, you'll
0: find those little like black glowing like yeah, the orbs. realm tears, yeah. Oh my God! If, hey, Sometimes
1: purple guys come out of that. And hey, pro tip:
0: do not touch the glowing black
1: orbs. Oh, touch them! But if you die instantly, oh, from, you're like, gonna just, die instantly. Just like not all of them. Like I, there's there's difficulty levels on them, oh. and some of them you don't even need to fight anything. But you but don't like, know
0: until you touch them whether right, they're right. But you yet. don't lose
1: anything if something comes yeah. out and kills you. You just start a checkpoint. again, yeah. So it's you know there's no. Have you have you fought a Valkyrie? Oh yeah. Bunch of them. That was what I was referring to when I said like I was fighting stuff I probably wasn't supposed to fight yet. Oh. But I, I mean, if you're good enough, if you, you if you know the patterns, you can do it. It just takes a long, long yeah. time.
0: I, I was not willing to dedicate that much time to beat the Valkyries. I have a. I got one down to like half, and I was like, I, Man, I fought my ass off to get it down
1: to half. <laughs> not before, by the time I mean, I by the time I was like almost ready to do the final push to the, the end of the game, I'd beaten four of them. Okay, that's impressive. Um, and uh, which which was fine, you know. It's, yeah, that's it's, great. I mean, it doesn't really matter to because to me, it, I
0: think I think they're like things you're supposed to go back and tackle like after you yeah, finish the game. and I think they're supposed and they're to, I level. think they're supposed to be post game. But I'll yeah. say, it's a,
1: I think it's a testament to the to the uh, the combat system. Yeah. That, like if you if you if really if you memorize the patterns and you know what to do, and you have the patience, and you you're perfect in yeah. some cases.
0: Like you you'll get through it. The skill trees get crazy towards the end too, because it'll. Introduce a new move, but then it'll give you like two variations of that mm. that changes it. If you start learning how to really utilize those, um, some of them are governed by certain stats that you have. And even though you can unlock it on the skill tree, they'll have like a bonus ability for that skill that mm-hmm. you can't utilize until one of your stats gets to a certain yeah. point. And
1: then sometimes, that, and that, some of those, those are real high. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, like really high, and that kind of digs into the the. That's the incentive in some ways to get some of the really high end armor, which requires some pretty massive accomplishments yeah, and investments and and, yeah. and grinding in some cases. Um, I like that there's a big argument online currently of like what's the best armor, what's the best this, what's the but be- you know, because it shows that like everybody's got their different play styles. Yeah. And there is no clear cut, oh, this is the armor uh, you use. You can like, absolutely there succeed like
0: playing this game in so many different it's ways. Always,
1: it's always more, I, I find it's always been, I've even downgraded my armor sometimes when I like upgraded to a new. Suit and I'm like, I don't like how he how this plays now. I yeah. don't. I, I, I my, the old bonuses were better for me, and I've gone back to like lesser armor. I've stuck armor.
0: with old armor tons of times where I got new yeah. armor that's supposed to be more powerful.
1: It's it's because uh, it, if you spend if it fits time, your
0: style, like like it's more valuable that it fits your style than the numbers go up. If it fit, yeah, exactly. If it well, sometimes the numbers wouldn't even go up because I had spent time leveling mm-hmm. up that equipment, and so I get this new one, and you can tell it's supposed to be the one that you're supposed to equip. And I'd compare the numbers. and because I had leveled up my prior armor so well, it was actually better than the new stuff that I got. Well, I've done stuff where I've you know I'd, I'd craft a new thing and I'd level it up, and then
1: I'd pull all the enchantments out of my existing armor and put it in the new one and see if you know how it compared after that. Usually, it was better, but sometimes it was very minor. And a lot of times the minor difference was not worth losing the bonuses that were on my old equipment, yeah, but like there's a, like the enchantments are pretty are surprisingly flexible and surprisingly. Useful if you find the ones that you need for your particular playstyle. I'm, I'm very like they did, they did an amazing amount of work making this thing work for however you want to play it. As long as you kind of understand the the essentials, um, you know, if you want to focus on one thing or the other, uh, to the point that like the, some of the ultimate armors in the game have like two or three variants that boost different stats. Whether you if you want those or something yeah. else, like. And the other thing, I was like, there's one point where, like, you, you, they do that classic thing where it's like, oh, you have this rare thing. You can make this or you can make that. It's like, oh, what do I want? I wasn't sure what I wanted. And I yeah. finally I committed. And then I go back, it's like, oh, you can also get the other thing if you just spent a whole lot of silver. Yeah. I'm like, oh, thank you. <laughs> like, it's great. Like, it's like, yeah, you, you had to make that choice to get the easy one. But if you decide later you want the other one, you can spend a lot of currency in the game to have the other thing. And that's yeah. great. Like, that the giving continually gives you options at all times and, and just the pacing great.
0: of everything is perfect like the upgrades that you get like you never get bored with what mm-hmm. you're using before you get something else well, and the other thing i think
1: the thing that should be looked at very closely and this will probably be discussed more as time goes on over the course of this year and as the game of the year conversations come into play um these characters are not the same people at the end of the game as they were at nope. the beginning and it's not the usual it's not the usual video game thing where it's like oh we have these characters and this is their big moment this is a big thing that's going to change about them and so now we have to stretch that character experience over 20 hours this game is as long as the story needs it to be there is not a wasted story beat there's not a wasted narrative idea it's just every scene every time it takes control away from you and shows you a cutscene it matters. Yep. Like there's a reason that's happening, there's a thing that's going to change about these characters, they are going to learn something or know something or act some way or their relationship is going to alter in some way and it, it constantly is a meaningful moment in in a narrative sense and in a character arc sense and in a story sense and that is horrendously rare in this oh, medium, yeah. in this medium. It's rare in all in a lot of mediums actually. You know, it's rare in Netflix shows too. <laughs> yeah. um, but they did an amazing job of u- using the strengths of an interactive medium to tell this story without ever feeling like they're padding it. Yeah. And without ever feeling like they're just sort of wasting your time or, or, or saying like, oh, we need to be this long. We need, we need to like, now this has to happen. It adheres to its structure, but it takes its time and it takes its characters on this journey that just absolutely works. And you really don't say that much about games in general and i feel like i almost never say it about triple a productions hardly like, ever like i don't know how this happened i guess Corey barlog is just one hell of a game director uh that's trusted by sony to do something like this but like man like they they turned out uh i don't know
0: if anything could, it's it's a freaking masterpiece. i don't know if this anything game can beat is this a game this masterpiece year. dude yeah. It is really just a flawless game. Like right now, as from
1: what we know coming out the rest of the year, the only thing I can think that has a shot against this for me would be Spider-Man. Yeah. And that's both because I like the character, because I like the genre, because I, it's doing a similar sort of merging of action and story that this is doing, and because I trust the developer. Yeah. Um, but that is a monumental mountain to climb. For for Insomniac, if they wanna if they wanna turn out something better than this, because this is this is cra-
0: This is not quite my game of the generation, but it's number two. It's after the Witcher. It is 3. in that discussion, absolutely. Here's a question I have. So I've been seeing a lot of people, and some people on Sifted saying, "I don't even care. I don't like God of War," mm. which I think is just a total travesty. Because this, whether you liked past God of War games or not, to me, has very little bearing on whether no, you're going to love this game. it has nothing to do
1: with it. This, this is a completely
0: different animal. And from... I feel like people can't get over that hump. So my question is, should this have been a new IP? No. I mean, we... look, they did a great job with the story in this. Making... Yeah, they did.
1: This, But, like, so much of the weight this story carries is because Kratos is who Kratos is. Because of the... You almost need those five mindless hack and slash games that came before to inform the character work that happens in this in this game. And there is, i mean there are literally points in the game where characters call Kratos what people that don't like God of War have called him for years. Like you're a monster, everyone hates you. Right, yeah. You're a rage filled beast. He Yeah, some reckoning. Yeah. Like it's like you know and it's like you're sitting there and you're like, yeah, they're right. Yeah. Like you know, <laughs> I've thought that about Kratos too. Kratos was a stupid character. He's a, he's a he's a dumb raw he's you he's a raging badass kind of like 90s image comics kind of Absolutely. Oops, yeah. yeah and they take that and they use it and I don't think they do would- they use that as a tool yeah I don't think you would have the weight the story carries if you didn't have that like just grinding backstory of like this guy has been in five games that were just the same old like mindless hack-and-slash crap. And I like the game. I mean, I'm not, I'm not ripping yeah. on them in the sense that I think they're bad games. I just, like, we they talked They were to, fun, but they mindless. They were fun, but very like,
0: rapid and... And,
1: like, they were all about the the spectacle and the set yeah. piece to the point that I never even got all the way through God of War 3 when it first came out because, I, it, I it, you know, it starts with such a big bang with Poseidon and everything. Yeah. And you've got the fight against uh, Kronos and all this. Stuff. And at a certain point, it's like, I was stuck in this section that was just fighting, like, cannon fodder guys, and I didn't care. And oh, yeah. I just sort of, like... I just sort of petered out and never this turned it back also on. This game does a great job of building. Yeah. It never does this. The game never does that. It's uh, it's a, you know, and, and I get it when people say, like, oh, I don't care about God of War. I don't, you know, it's like, like God of War never did anything to make you care.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're right. But
1: this game does. Like, and the fact that they know a lot of people don't care about this character is one of the reasons this story works so well. It's a, it's... I don't know where Barlog and crew pulled this out of. I don't either. But, I, I, I mean, know. it's, it's, I guess if you work with this character that long, you're just like, I got some thoughts and, and we're going to write them down or we're going to make a game about it.
0: And the reason I compare this to Resident Evil 4 is because kind of the way I, how I was feeling about Resident Evil leading up to RE4, was kind of exactly how I was feeling about God of War leading up to this game. Mm -hmm. And both games just completely destroyed my expectations of what I thought the game was going to be, and in ways I never imagined that were going to be possible. Mm -hmm. I mean, then when it was all over, it was just just like with RE4. Like, I got to the end of Resident Evil 4, and I was like, I don't want this to end. I want it to just keep going forever. It's just, man, this game is so freaking good, people. If you own a PS4 and have not bought this, and you have the money to buy it, I don't go buy it <laughs> go buy the yeah. game um, if you don't have the money for it right now start saving right now because I can guarantee you with the exception of maybe spider-man there is not gonna be another game better than this one coming out this year there just is not if there is we don't know about it yet I mean I've been playing games for like 40 some years now and this game has left a huge mark um,
1: and I was pretty skeptical going in, especially after all the early like crazy 10 out of 10 reviews and
0: all that stuff I'm like But see, this goes back to what I've said about when sites give games 10s out of 10s like they're candy. How do you tell people how good this game is Mm. when it gets the same score as something that is nowhere near as good as this game? What was the last 10 IGN gave before this? Uh, They gave out like five or six of them last year. Really? Yeah. Yeah, they've gotten really willy-nilly with their 10s. And GameSpot's still pretty stingy. For me, it's always more important. Like it was interesting in,
1: in light of the discussion you had on the show today about whether game reviews matter. Um, like my, it's it individual reviews don't matter to me really. But when I see is like a certain spread of outlets giving the, giving something scores that high, yeah. I'm like, oh, that must that must mean something. I should pay attention. Yes, yeah. To this. yeah. Um, which is really all I can ask. Yeah. Of, of reviews these days. Um, yeah, like I, 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 I think I told you before before the show started. I've run into a couple of bugs. Also, I've noticed they've been updating the game almost every day.
0: Yeah, every day um, you get an update. Every
1: day get a little different update. I don't know what they do, but there's something. Yeah. There. I've had a couple of things
0: where like interactive. Well, actually, I did see where, uh-huh? where they where um where they changed something. So one night it was like three in the morning, and I got to this fight that I just could not win. It was against the dark elves, and. What was happening was they, dicks. they are they are tough. They're some of the <laughs> toughest enemies in the game, especially when you first start facing them. You don't really know how to fight mm-hmm. them. And I had fought like a couple, and then there was like a, a semi-boss fight, and then you drop down, and there's like this valley that you have to fight like eight or ten of them.
2: Mm-hmm. And what
0: was happening was I was fighting, and they just kept respawning like over mm-hmm. and over again. What I needed to do was go and like throw my axe through like those throbbing things in a row. Mm-hmm. And that night I played it, that part, for like an hour and a half, could not beat it. And I was like, man, this is driving me crazy. I'm like, screw it, I need to go to bed. I go to bed, get up, work on the site for a while, um, go back to play it, I, and there's an update. I load it up, I have to fight them once. Hmm? They don't respawn. They they no mm-hmm. longer respawned.
1: You may I wonder if you were fighting one of
0: those guys that summons them, though, and you managed to kill him early. No, had... I had wiped out everybody before, and mm-hmm. they would just start dropping down from the sky again. Hmm. And I was like, how do you beat this? I'm like, I'm so lucky to beat the first eight. Like, literally, I'd use like, all my health, had, like, a couple pixels left on my health bar, and then eight more dropped in. I'm just like, oh, my, it just kept happening. over. I fought it, like, 15 times in a row. Couldn't hmm. get through it. The next day, first try. I yeah. wipe out the first eight, and no more come, and then I'm able to just stand there and throw the axe hmm. and move on. Yeah, I've only had a couple. I have a few things where the
1: interactive objects weren't, Interacting, and yeah. usually that usually you just need to kind of leave the immediate area and come back, and it'll work. It'll reset. And then once I was in a dungeon, and there was a section where you had to you had to open a big door with a chain down in this hole, and or maybe it was open a chest or something, and um, I had to fight the guys, and I fought the guys, but one of them ended up falling off the ledge in onto the main floor, and I couldn't get down there because like the only way down there was a chain that wasn't down you know you, you, know, you kick the changer, yeah. and I couldn't interact with anything because I was in combat and then I fell in a hole with the chest and I couldn't interact with anything or even to climb out because because I was still in combat, combat mode. and yeah. I, no, I, I there was no way to hit the guy down there because he was down below the the cliff so I basically had to reload the checkpoint so I lost like five minutes but like yeah. that's the only technical problems I've run into in the whole thing but
0: this game respects your time there's yeah. healthy checkpoints there's checkpoints mid boss fights in mm-hmm. a lot of cases um, I never felt like it was just, like, messing with me and just wasting my time. Um, The only, The
1: only things, like, where I uh, hit points from was, like, oh, that was... That was kind of nonsense was, uh, when I was fighting optional stuff that was above my level. Yeah. But, like, that's what you
0: get when you do that, you know? Like, I mean, I really struggled to find hardly any relevant criticism of this game. Um, the only thing that really bothered me through the entire game was one of the blacksmiths. The one blacksmith, the voice acting, and you know, the you, writing for him, I thought was just terrible. You didn't like the uh, germaphobe blacksmith? No, I thought that was so dumb. <laughs> and the vo- the voice acting almost sounded like it was placeholder, and they just kept it in the game, the final version. Like I thought he was funny. I really? Liked, I, I
1: liked every all the voices in this game. I
0: didn't, he was the only. Again, that is the only blemish I see in this whole game, and it is gigantic. It's it really just it is all that people it's not people going off the deep end it is an amazing amazing video game and something that everyone who is old enough to play it should Mm -hmm. play but here's the other thing too like it's a really toned down game a lot of people were probably turned off by god of war in the past because oh it's like disembowelment and all this gore and like there's really none of that in this game it's very tame very tame though well some of the the grab kills are pretty
1: gory um the werewolf ones uh, in particular
2: yeah, uh, which
1: you don't it's very hard to stun one of the werewolves to the point that you can do that but when you do you rip their jaw down
0: to their their groin yeah like you do do the like the king kong like yeah rip the although you, a, lot,
1: a lot of the enemies are made out of rock or whatever so it's not actually that yeah. so there's ble, bleeding lava or whatever there's some decapitations but like, like yeah, I mean, some of
0: the finishers you'll just chop them there is violence
1: through. but at no point is there anything like in the old god of war where you, you slice, slice the, the centaur gut open and like, and the, like intestines the intestines fly out you're choking him to death with his own stomach or right right yeah there's, no, there's nothing like it, they, there's no, it's not like uh, like how they took Mortal Kombat and translated the classic fatality style stuff into modern where like you can you know clearly someone at Never, NetherRealm is in charge of anatomy right you know yeah. like, there's, there's nothing like <laughs> yeah. that in like they game. have a
0: doctor on staff yeah
1: <laughs> um, as opposed to just where the old games where you just like see like 14 femurs and yeah. five large intestines flying out of a guy like the you know the, the Mortal Kombat games are almost like uncomfortable in that regard now they are um, like
0: I will say like um, and God, this. This game
1: doesn't do. There's some. There's some mild, you know, medium graphic violence, but not on the level of the previous games.
0: Yeah, I hadn't played uh, a ton of Mortal Kombat X. I had played a little bit of it, um, but then we were we were um, gathering B-roll for the video game violence discussion for Pactor Factor, <clears throat> and so I just went to watch like a montage of yeah. uh, finishers from Mortal Kombat X. Holy crap,
1: man! They do, I mean, I think they did a great job with it because it's it's, it's super gory and horrifying, (laughs) but, like, I mean, they're horror horror games to some degree there.
0: I mean, dude, there was one fatality where he chops a guy in half and then puts his cigar out on, like, the (laughs) stub. Like it was just, I was like, "Holy moly!" Like I could see where like a parent would watch that and be like, "Oh my god, my kid is playing this stuff." Yeah, like, it's M-rated. What are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing, mom? Why'd you give mean, Mortal Kombat? If there is it. an AO, that would probably deserve the AO eh, for violence. It's it's too cartoonish for that. I don't think it is. I think it's too realistic. Well, you cut
1: someone in half and try to have their legs stand up long enough to put a cigar out on them. Like it's 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 like uh it's like splatter gore movie. You know, so it's, like, yeah. it's like how people laugh at like Friday the Thirteenth or whatever
0: you know it's like it's just there that, was no friday the 13th kill in all the friday the 13th movies that were as brutal and gory as more know, uh, no, that just, only because the effects didn't allow it
1: but like some of those like old like you know horror movie like those kind of like more independent horror movies were like like bad taste and the early peter jackson stuff like it gets like it gets that bad i mean it's but it's it's like you know horror fans laugh
0: at it you know yeah. it's it's, it's i didn't laugh at these i thought they were really re- too realistic I think they could have yeah. used maybe a little bit of an art style or something to yeah I, I like the way they are i mean it's no one else is doing that like
1: there's not a... anymore <laughs> well i'm sure probably I mean, we might hear about a new one this yeah, year probably
0: will it's about time we are due for sure so i don't know you guys have watched us a lot you know a lot of people accuse us of being like uh, debbie downers or we're too skeptical or we're too jaded this is why because when a game like this comes around you should listen to us because we don't get hyped about games like this very often and this is one of them um well it's and, also more
1: like uh, you know if you're hard on things because you know they can be better right and then every once in a while a game comes along that lets you go see yeah they could be this yep, like absolutely. this you know this could be what you're playing
0: all the time yeah i really wish i could just go from this game to another game that's just as good yeah it, it like makes the next couple months look like really dour it's like, what am I going to play that's going to hold up to this thing? Which is why this weekend I'm going to go back. I'm going to start mopping stuff up and mm-hmm. uh, continue playing on, finishing some side missions that I haven't finished. And yeah, there is there is a lot of post game content. Yeah, um, I mean, I finished the game. I did probably thirty percent of the side missions. The side missions aren't like, hey, here's a hat. Take this hat a hundred yards over here and give it to somebody. Mm-hmm. Mission accomplished. Like, there's they're not like that. Like some of those missions will take you like. 100 miles away from where you start the mission where you go on like a 45 minute trek and then fight a boss and then come back and like well there's a lot of them are like not even that it's I'm more i'm more talking about kind of the
1: the the optional dungeon style things like we're like you you, where you 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 find one and you play a little bit and you're like oh like i'm not remotely ready for that like yeah the valkyries the first
0: time i found a valkyrie literally like two hits dead Mm. i was like oh i can see where this is going i'm gonna have to try this fight a ton of times and perfect everything to beat it. I'm like, I'll come back later. Mm-hmm. And there's what ten Valkyries, eight. eight. Yeah, and eventually at a certain point they mark them on all the map on the map mm-hmm. so you can go and track them down really easily. But yeah, you, you, you know, you find most of them on your own, I think. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. I can't give a higher recommendation for a video game than I would give for God of War. Mm-hmm. It's to me, it's it's a masterpiece, and I haven't said that about very many video games. So yeah, now, now it's time for people to complain that. It's only on PlayStation. Yeah. I think a little bit of the pushback on the game is because it is an exclusive. Yeah. Um, I've, I've seen people, like, some of the criticisms I've seen people give the game, I'm just like, okay, like, you must have played, like, 20 minutes of the game.
1: Yeah, I will say that, like, you're judge- if you're judging this game by the first couple hours, you haven't seen anything. 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 Yeah, it's, it's, you, you you gotta, you gotta be in for it. Like, and I'm not saying it, it's, oh, it gets better, because it does get better, but it's like, it's still really good, but it's like, I feel like there's a lot of people, I've seen a lot of impressions where people are like, well, I play for two hours, I don't see what's so great about it. Yeah, it was it. a big it's deal. Like, it's like, well, it's not, it, it doesn't just, like, come right up and, and smack you in the face with it. Like, it's, yeah. it's a, it's a, it's got a burn to it, it's got a pacing to it. Yeah. Like, you gotta let it, you gotta let but it But it's very well paced. Yeah. Like, yeah. I was
0: never bored moment seem, in this but game. But there's
1: people that seem to be like jumping into this and being like, "Okay, like you have one hour to like make me think you're the greatest game of right. all time." Yeah. And, like, but I just, think people like no that just that.
0: no matter what, they're never going to admit how good it is. They're just looking yeah. for a reason to not like it because they don't want to like it. Um, but look, the one boing, thing, boing, yeah, yeah, boing. the one thing I would say is like, this is not for kids. Well, yeah. Um, you should should be an adult before you play this game. Yeah, you can be a teenager. But uh, hey. There there are a lot of parts of prior God of War's that aren't in there. I mean, we talked yeah. about the gore Although earlier. Although I admit, like,
1: if you're not an adult, you might not get some of it. Yeah. Like, like it's, it's... If I was a... T- when I was a teenager, I don't think I would have understood very well a lot of the themes that are happening in this game because it kind of... It, it's kind of for the older... Demigra- you know, it's the datification of video games. Yeah, yeah, you're like, right. you
0: know, Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but, yeah, so there it is. God of War... Um, Certainly, my front runner for game of the year right now by miles. I yeah. haven't played another game this year that's even close. I love Nino Cooney too, but dude, God of War is up here and Nino Cooney's like down here, like dusting his shoes. So um, we'll see what happens with the rest of the year. But for right now, mm-hmm. I mean, game of the generation, not crazy talk at all. No. Um, it's right up there for me. I mean, I, I think I like this more than The Witcher 3. I do not. Yeah. Uh, I just actually
1: just played The Witcher 3 through again for the third time on Xbox One X now that they did the HDR patch. Yeah. Yeah, that game's still my... my it's an amazing game. whole, ge- whole generation. Does um, the combat match up to God of War? No, but the world is more interesting Yeah, to me. It's they even, both have strengths and weaknesses, yeah. and for
0: my taste of what I like in games, mm-hmm. I like God of War more, and I can see why you like The Witcher more. But, like,
1: I've also seen people say, oh, if they do another Witcher, it should have combat like God of War. No, it shouldn't. It shouldn't be like that.
0: They should have better combat. Yeah,
1: better combat, but like you can't bring the you can't bring a big open world games camera down that far and kind of make it because c- part of how the reason God of War fighting works is because you're behind Kratos all the time. Yeah, but that also kind of makes the, the world like kind of the areas bigger and the world smaller and uh they definitely have some work to do on if they do another witcher game or if they do what i think they're going to do a remake of the first one cuz i don't think the first one's particularly playable anymore.
0: Well, now there are um, rumors flying around the Cyberpunk's like a first-person
1: game. I who, who knows. I don't even i don't even have an opinion on that
0: game yet. Like we don't know. You how can you? Yeah. <laughs> they like, haven't shown a squat. But rumors are flying right now that it's first-person. That'd be interesting. Yeah. We'll see.
1: Yeah. I mean I think CD Projekt has done very well in terms of dialogue and writing and, and world building and, and sort of like um, but I do think they, they still have a lot to learn about action based I mean I think the combat in Witcher 3 is fine people yeah, would go around passable. talking about how it's terrible and it's the worst thing it's like you're yeah. wrong like you're I don't know what the hell you're trying to prove with that it's entirely functional but that's the problem is like in a game that otherwise is totally stellar the combat is just yeah, it's functional. Yeah, it's the sword thumb that sticks out. Yeah, whereas like God of War didn't really have
0: anything like that. No Achilles heel. Hey. <laughs> All right, let's move on. We're going to talk next about Epic. Epic can seemingly, seemingly can't do anything wrong at this point. I mean, Fortnite is just like everything it touches, it just turns to gold. Mm-hmm. But here is one case where, in my opinion, Epic may be stepping out of bounds a little bit. So we actually talked about this story on Game Face when it first broke, that epic was suing a 14 year old kid for cheating in fortnite and it wasn't just that he was cheating it's that he was promoting hack tools Mm -hmm. on his on three different youtube channels the kid had (laughs) 14 year old he had three youtube channels promoting his busy yeah promoting industrious yeah promoting his hack tools trying to make money off his hack tools so after the story broke we were kind of like whoa he's 14 like the mom got involved and was like hey like Can a 14-year-old even consent to your terms of service? Blah, blah, blah. And I think, ultimately, we kind of fell somewhere in the middle. We were like, well, you know, we hate cheaters, but Mm. this kid is, like, 14, and we did dumb stuff when we were 14 years old. Blah, blah, blah. Although I never ran a hacking (laughs) cheats, I probably wouldn't have been something I did. I don't think, when I was a kid's age, I don't even know if they existed, so... They did. It's a whole other world. they were world. like
1: BBSs you had to log into and get, download the, the, the files and stuff. It was, it was yeah. a much more involved process than going on a YouTube channel and buying paying five bucks or whatever for yeah. a, a cheat engine
0: code. So we, we kind of looked, we kind of fell in the middle. But I think if you look across the spectrum of the press in general, Epic kind of came out of that initial story break with a black eye. Mm-hmm. Most outlets were like, what are you doing? Like, this mm-hmm. isn't right. Like, okay, you scared him. Like... Mission accomplished. Yeah. Well, it came out this week that Epic is not backing down one bit against mm-hmm. this
1: 14-year-old. Sounds like they're basically or they're going to make an example out of him, hell or high water.
0: Before, well, here's the thing though. So, is it going to hurt him, or is it going to hurt his mom and his family? It's going to hurt everyone involved. It really. will because ultimately, the money that his mom doesn't have from that fine is going to negatively impact mm-hmm. his life forever.
1: Yeah, well, I think Epic's idea is basically saying like, yeah, like if you do something like this and your kids do something like this, this is what will happen. Uh, the uh, impetus being like, you know, watch your kids and parent your kids and make sure you. But it's like which I think we both agree. Which is with. Abso- absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. But it's like that ends up with a very creepy scenario where it's like, oh, you got to let your kid playing games online, but do you know if he's selling hack tools that are gonna get your like fin- finances <laughs> ruined you know forever? He's
0: elite hacks. Yeah,
1: and it's like. <laughs> I don't know. Like I kind of see both sides on this one, where it's like, yeah, I can understand if he was really that integral in like distributing that kind of thing. Like you would want to really nail him for to discourage that kind of future behavior. But like,
0: it's not like he was a hacksaw or a kingpin. Like no, but we all like his YouTube
1: I, I, channels were pretty small and. But it's also like you know they found a target that they can prove was that, and then you know, and then like like yeah. You know, so I read the letter the mo- the mother wrote uh talking about how oh the judge about yeah. how basically about how it's like it's epic's own fault that they couldn't stop him uh and actually she said that, that they couldn't curve his behavior i'm like you know it's curb no, yeah and it's curb, your it. job
0: to curb the yeah. behavior yeah you, gotta, you gotta not keep epics. an eye on
1: what the what your kids are doing like even if it's just sticking your head in once in a while and be like what are you doing like yeah <laughs> really literally just what are you doing like how much ma- <laughs> do you know how many youtube channels your child has yeah. like <laughs>
0: yeah. <on> a, yeah. <laughs> you can make that psa yeah schoolhouse rock this is like
1: the psa yeah. for like 2018 it's 2018 do you know how many youtube channels your child has you remember like remember that the, yeah the 80s thing it's like yeah. you know where your child is yeah, absolutely it's, mid, yeah. it's 12 12 a.m or whatever 11 yeah, it's m. funny um
0: here's my thing though so i remember there
1: was there was a parody ad of that for x-men back when i was like very very young reading comics and like you'd see them in little ad things it was a bunch of pictures of of uh, of ki- uh, kids like from like a comic book drawings of kids, but it said it's 1982 or 84 or whatever. Do you know what your child is? And and like one of them was like like with red uh, like paint was written "muty" oh. on it, and I didn't know it was an ad, and I was like. <laughs> what does that mean? And, like, my cousin's like, oh, it's, it's like a mutant because the kid's a mutant. You don't know who's a mutant and who isn't. I'm like, who's the mutant? Like, I, I didn't realize that, like, <laughs> like, it was, like, it wasn't just, I, I didn't realize that X-Men was totally fantasy because I was, like, right. six. Yeah, yeah. And I, And I was, like, and I was, like, You start looking at everybody. Like, and he was trying. He was, like, explaining it in-universe so I for, like, about a month I was, like, I was trying to figure out who was a mutant. Yeah. And, uh, I miss when I, when
0: you're a kid and everything's a little more magical. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> uh,
1: it'd
0: be nice if you could package that somehow. <laughs> my, my point with Epic, though, is, is I think you're right. I think Epic is trying to send a message to everybody else. But does this really do it? I mean, we're talking about it, but most podcasts aren't talking about it. It's not like it's this huge international story. It's CNN hasn't picked it up and ran with it. Also, I think you're doing fine. Yeah. <laughs> Seems he, to be He does
1: not seem to have sunk your business. No, I
0: think you're right. And I think that's so. another thing. Since that lawsuit started, Fortnite has become this thing that it wasn't back whenever this all started. And it's like at a certain point, I think you've scared the kid. The kid's not going to do mm-hmm. it again unless he's a complete idiot. And I, the, the You're not going to convince other people not to do it with this. You're not. People are not going to even know it happened. Well, it's the not going to I think other is people's if, behavior. If you're going
1: to do this, like... You better be doing this to everyone you find who's right. doing anything equivalent. Yeah, is he yeah. the only one? I don't think so. So you better go after everybody, which is going to get legally very costly very quickly. Yeah, um, it might just be simpler to shut it down, shut these people down, and try to keep an eye on it. Um, and like you know, especially now that this thing has reached this kind of size, you're never going to stop everything. No, you know, it's, it's impossible. It's, it's too much of a target. So, I don't know, I mean, I, it's basically what I said last time, I think, was, like, you're never going to stop cheaters completely. And, you know, I, I appreciate the idea that you want to legally kind of establish some kind of precedent for people who, like, really, you know, you kind of basically, I mean, kids trying to turn a, turn it into a business. Yeah. You know? Like, there's a difference from, like, someone just logging in and, like, at, you know, using a trainer or something to, like, an aimbot or something. Right. Um, but there's a point at which, you know, my, my main uh, thought would be, like, this is such a juicy kind of human interest story if you push it much further that, like, the mainstream outlets are going to pick up on it and be like, a video game publisher would make that makes this much money per year is suing this child for $40 million. Whose who's who's
0: mom's a single mom right. and works as a secretary and can't, like, make ends meet and they're going to find her, yeah. like, a quarter of a million yeah, dollars. at a certain
1: point, the optics get real ugly. Right. Um, and it hasn't happened yet because this story hasn't broken out of the enthusi- enthusiast press circles. But, yeah. like... I feel if they keep pushing it and someone picks up on it or tweets it to the right reporter, they could end up not regretting it so much. I don't think it's going to kill Fortnite or anything, no. but it's just like they're not going to look too pretty. But
0: I guarantee you that if that happens, Epic will turn tail and completely change its tack towards this. Guaranteed. So why not just do it now? You've made your know. point. The kid's not going to do it again. The parents who have read this story are going to make sure that their kids are staying in line you've pretty much accomplished all that you can out of this at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, And so to me, I just think it's time for Epic to call off the dogs. Look, I don't really like the mom. I don't know her personally, but based (laughs) upon the stuff that she wrote to the judge, it's like, lady, you're delusional. Like, one. Two, you have no idea what you're talking about. Obviously, you're not engaged with your son's hobbies, or you don't understand that what you're saying is completely ridiculous. And three, to try to blame the creator of the video game for her poor parenting skills, I'm not on her side. But there, at a certain point, you just got to be like, okay, enough is enough. Mm. I don't see what Epic's end game is. I they don't either. To push it, that's what I'm saying. I think they think their end game is to discourage other people from mm. doing it. But this is not going to do well, it. Well, maybe this is still part of it,
1: but like, you know, there's a lot more steps to go before they hit a point where these people would have, actually have to pay out anything to them. Yeah, which they never could probably. But
0: they can't afford. Yeah, there's yeah. no way that they could.
1: So, but but it is you know, there is a point to be made that like you know, one way or the other. Uh they are going they have very severe going to severely financially impact these people's lives. Ruin their lives um, financially. And that's just how it's gonna be, apparently. Like, yeah. And Epic doesn't give a shit.
0: Yeah, it really doesn't. I've been really surprised by this. Because it has done such a great job with community in pretty much every other way. I mean, look mm-hmm. at what it's done with Fortnite. It has it knows how to manage a community, generally. So we'll see. I mean, maybe, you know,
1: Epic is uh Maybe that's maybe that's literally... I don't know what they're thinking but maybe that's literally what they're, they're what's in their head is like if we ruin these people and say and every time anytime anyone else cheats we're like look what we did to these guys like maybe that's they think what they're you know this is gonna kind of, how do you do that it's, I... it's some weird it <laughs> feels like some weird kind of legal brinksmanship yeah sort of thing. like a, some kind of it's not even mutually assured destruction it's like but it's like We'll risk massively terrible PR in the name of, like, ruining someone to serve as an example to anybody who might want to do the same thing. And it's just not a tactic you see
0: major corporations take very often. You know what this reminds me of? Napster. Mm. Do you remember back when they... What was the government agency? The FCC? No, there was another one that was going after people for Napster and, like, finding them, like... $20,000 per song on the hard drive. And see, when they first started doing that, it was like this. They were really hardcore about it. And you started seeing these stories of like single moms whose kid went and downloaded Mm. like a Tone Lope track. And next thing you know,
1: that's the the whole premise of uh, the book uh, Year Zero by by Rob Reed, where he, he, uh, the premise is that. A friend of ours. yeah, Yeah, because the. The uh, you know broadcast signals like send you know music and, and signals out in the universe. The idea is that galactic civilization has basically quarantined us because we're useless, we're terrible creatures, except we're better at music than anyone else in the galaxy. And so everybody like goes into a, a conniptions of orgasmic bliss when they hear uh, Earth music, and so everybody takes every all Earth songs ever and has them on like 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 quantum iPods and stuff. But then like there's a whole thing where they. Uh, where they, uh, the rules about sharing art in the galactic community are that you have to abide by the laws of, the, commun- of the, the culture that made them. So by our own copyright laws, the entire galaxy owes us more money than exists in the universe. <laughs> and so there's two factions where one side wants to like, resolve uh. the problem, the other wants to just destroy the planet so they don't owe us all the money in, in, the, in, right. the, in, the ex- in existence anymore. And that's the premise of the, of the book. And it could only be written by a tech guy yeah. who lived some of that back yeah. in the old days. Because he started um, Rhapsody. Uh, yeah he or he started listen.com and, and uh, all these like streaming things back, way back in the day uh, so yeah, year zero by Rob Reed. it's a good read. Uh, it's, it's entirely about how ridiculous that kind of like weird monetary penalization for this sort of like thing
0: is, is. and that's what I was getting at. What happened was when it first started, you saw these horror stories on TV mm-hmm. the single mom that owes five hundred thousand yeah. or whatever. The, and actually, I worked in. And the in, public was like, "Oh no, 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 yeah, no, no, no!" That's ridiculous. And 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 eventually, that I can't believe I can't remember the name of it. It was like the IRL or something like that that did all mm. this, or the IRA, I think it was. Internal Revenue Agency. No, it, no, <laughs> no! It was like the RIA or something. Was the the agency I can't that? can't remember. That, anyway, um, the pushback from the public was like, "Oh no, no, no! You can't do this!" Mm. And they stopped. They stopped going after people for downloading music illegally, and then Spotify came along and streaming mm-hmm. and YouTube and. At the
1: time, I was working at a gym, and that was where the founder of Napster went to work out. And so periodically, he'd he'd show up with the shirt on. I'm like, "How's it going?" He's like, Ugh. He "Yeah, like... he should have sold when he had a chance." <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> He's just like uh, Kevin Rose, like mm. totally. We're like, "Nope, I'm not selling." I can get way more than that. Yeah, the old don't hold on to your dig.coms until it's too late, everyone. Man, I know he said he didn't care then, but I bet you he cares now. That's probably. a tough pill to swallow. Because he ended up selling it for like two or three million dollars. Yeah, not. And he probably. had offers for like two hundred and fifty to three hundred million, and said no. Yeah. Kevin Rose, by the way, is a friend of ours from Tech TV and G4. He was one the of the hosts is. on the screensavers. The Dark Tipper. Yeah. He, he would probably get along with this kid just fine, as a matter of fact. <laughs> Absolutely. So I guess we'll see. I would not be surprised, though, if this story starts to pick up some momentum and maybe touches a couple mainstream outlets that if, Epic if suddenly is If they keep pushing like... it, I feel like someone's, I mean,
1: this is a great, Little, you know, if I was like kind of a mainstream news reporter, like I would be like, "Oh my God, what a great!" It's like you've got a kid behaving weird and badly on the internet. You've got the evils of children playing video games. You've got a single mother. You've got that single mother being ruined by corporate interests. You've got Fortnite, you've got, which you've got, is like the, you've biggest, got the story. biggest story of the game. Yeah, it's like it's like all it's like six different ways this thing is gold. If you, if you... <laughs>
0: Why you're saying this? Somebody on this stream right now is typing a tweet to CNN like. Or hell, you should send, check into this. Send it to John Oliver. John, oh, yeah. John Oliver would talk about this. He absolutely would. So uh, I hope Epic comes to its senses. Um, it is doing too well right now to get bogged down with something like this. Like it's made its point. I think mm-hmm. everybody gets it. Yeah, just
1: and it's it feels like Scrooge McDuck arguing with someone over a quarter. Right, right? You know, That's it's, it's like analogy. give
0: it a give it a rest, yep. guys. Absolutely. All right, let's move on. We're going to talk next about Nintendo. Nintendo is absolutely positively on fire. It released its first quarter financials yesterday. Um, the Switch is about two million units. It already destroyed the Wii U. It's about two million units away from beating the GameCube in one year. It's about two million. Well, GameCube ended up tw- depending on who you talk to, it ended up selling twenty to twenty-three million. Somewhere. Really? I thought range. it
1: was closer to thirty. No, huh?
0: Hmm. The N sixty-four. Is it, was it $32 million? It's going to pass that probably before the, it is, by two years, it will have sold better than the N64 and the SNES.
1: I don't think the Super Nintendo, that's, Super Nintendo sold a lot.
0: No, it didn't. It did. Nope. You will be shocked. I not?
1: just looked at the rankings of things in the Super Nintendo is more than that. It's
0: not. It's like reason.
1: it's like 36 no. or 38. No, no. It outsold the Genesis. It was a way... The Genesis was less than I thought. But, like, that was why the Nintendo 64 and the GameCube were were considered, like, not failures, but underperforming because they didn't match what the Super Nintendo did. The Super Nintendo sold like crazy.
0: I think... I I thought that as well. And all the, the data I looked at on this story, that is not the case. I mean, it did sell well, but the standard back then was way different, Matt. Like, to sell... Oh yeah, 30 million consoles bigger. back then that was huge that's just not how the market is now though um i don't know the stories yeah, Super, that i Super read nintendo
1: sold 49 million so that's a ways where'd you go. get that data from
0: wikipedia their list of all console sales huh so so i then i was subject to some fake news this week apparently or some um, bad reporting
1: you were right about gamecube though gamecube was 21.7 million so yeah, Nintendo the Switch is about to pass the GameCube and the and the original Xbox, and, in a year. And it's not far off from the Xbox One. Xbox yeah. One is estimated twenty five to thirty. Yeah. Uh, so by the end of this fiscal year, I would say it's gonna beat. It, yeah, Nintendo sixty four is thirty two million. I don't know if it can catch. 50- so how
0: does the data right for the other two consoles, but they had it wrong for the SNES in
1: the article? I don't, I don't know. This says Super Nintendo was forty nine million and the Nintendo Entertainment System was sixty one point nine. And then, the, the, of course, the 3DS is 3DS and the Game Boys are the ones you gotta really come yeah. at. Game Boy Advance 81.5 million. Yeah, crazy. Well,
0: one of the questions on Pactor Pactor recently was, is the Switch gonna make it to 200 million? No. <laughs> well, somebody sort of seemed to think some Japanese analyst said it
1: would hit that. It'll never happen. Well, that I mean, if it continues on the pace that it's at, sure. Yeah. But nothing does that. Like yeah. things happen, you know. Um, uh Super Mario Odyssey, the best selling 3D Mario ever. Outsold Zelda as I predicted it would in the in shorter in much shorter Marine. Three amount of time. months. I remember you were a little skeptical about that, but yeah. never doubt the Mario. But that's because three D Mario's
0: have not sold that as well as Zelda in the past. Right, like this but Mario Mario is king. Mario will always be king. The 2D Mario's always sell amazing. Yeah. 3D people they sell well, but not like the 2D stuff. But this one is selling as well as and maybe it's because. There isn't a 2D Mario available for the Switch yet. That could be. Whereas all Nintendo's other consoles, generally, a 2D version came before a 3D version ever showed up. N64 obviously not the case. Mm-hmm. Did the N64 ever get a 2D Mario? No, I don't think it did. Yeah.
1: No. The 2D Mario thing started with the new Super Mario Brothers on the DS. Yeah. And then I think the first real, the first like 2D Mario game uh, of note on consoles since the Super Nintendo was uh, New Super Mario Brothers Wii. So it was a long, long time. Uh, they were they were hammering that 3D, you know, and like the, the, the Mario 64 obviously did very, very well. But I think Mario Sunshine went off the off the rails a little bit. And yeah. uh, you know, I think uh, it, you know going back to the, the 2D, the new Super Mario Brothers version, which is the, the increasingly ironically named New Super Mario Brothers Subline. <laughs> um, I think that just it was really familiar, it was exactly what people remembered, it was what they wanted to play, it worked well on the sideways Wii motes uh, right. so you, you didn't need a whole bunch of other controllers, everybody could play together and uh, hate each other uh, by bouncing off <laughs> each other's heads trying to beat right. a boss when everybody's wasting their lives and you do, not, you do not respawn, I will beat him and then we will continue playing. Um, they should have called it divorce mode, really, the, the, the co-op <laughs> mode on that game. So I can understand. And then Galaxy, I feel like, you know, while I think Galaxy is one of the best Mario games ever made, like, I, I, I get that it's kind of more for
0: us. It's well, more it for also, the... it did start to bring people back to 3D Mario a little yeah. bit.
1: Also because it was just, like, the... It was a little purer, I think, than Sunshine was. No, it was.
0: Absolutely. It was less um, gimmicky.
1: And, uh, you know, I, th- I think uh, I think Odyssey was the right game at the right time for Mario, in this case, uh, and also, let's not forget the number two selling game on this, which is the
0: Switch Mar- is Mario Kart. Right. Um, Mario Kart 8. You That's just, after it sold
1: like 14 much, yeah. million on the Wii U. Or, and, it
0: sold almost one-to-one one on the Wii U. Yeah. And then
1: like, if you if you factor in the Wii U sales for Zelda, it's about tied with Mario Odyssey. Yeah. But uh, I, I think it sold about 2 million, they said, on Wii U, um, which is pretty good for that system. Yeah, um, Yeah. But uh, yeah, Mario was definitely the, the king of the of the Switch holiday season. Everything's going well though. Xenoblade Chronicles Two has sold a million, which I was surprised to see. Yeah, I mean, that's the, I think that's the makes it the best selling game in that series, which is a shame. But uh, yeah, because it's the worst. of yeah. all the games but, in that series. And I, I was like, I'm interested to see where they how they go forward with that because like I wonder if they'll take the lesson that like oh, there's a market here for these sort of big sprawling open world kind of epic rpgs yeah. or will they be like hey the boobs sold let's like double <laughs> down on the anime bullshit it's possible. And let's, you know. i don't know because that really took me out of it uh, fire
0: emblem warriors sold a million copies
1: well to some degree you're also sort of dealing with like early early schedule library doldrums yeah. uh, i would be very interested. beggars can't be choosers yeah. so. nowhere on this list was skyrim
0: no i noticed no there's really no third-party stuff.
1: No. And whereas, mean, well, no, no third-party stuff. But it's interesting to note that like no one has bragged about Skyrim sales at all. Whereas, like every other day, you hear some story about how some indie game from five years ago, three years ago, came out on the Switch and it's the best. Like in a month, it sold more than we've have on PC in like three years. You right. know? Like you get these success stories of these ancient, in by gaming terms, indie games coming out and selling extraordinarily well on the switch and skyrim has been running silent which which makes me wonder how well that thing did um although part of problem obviously is like these indie games cost 15 bucks and skyrim is 60 bethesda bethesda's got some balls asking full price for some of these (laughs) like i mean the 60 bucks for the switch versions of doom and 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 uh, uh skyrim are a little much to me as is charging 60 bucks for these the vr version of of skyrim especially if you already have skyrim yeah like i feel like if you already own skyrim bucks. on a platform you should that should be an upgrade
0: absolutely I agree. Um,
1: so that i think the price is holding them back yeah and then what was that kirby thing you see the kirby thing kirby's also sold over a kirby, it was like the, and it just came out the highest well what was it it was something like revenue wise so the, literally the amount of money made i think if i am remembering right the revenue of uh star allies 90% higher than the last best revenue Kirby game, which was from 2002. Now, the 2002 one sold uh, for 30 bucks, and the new ones for 60, so part of that is just, it's, you know, you make they're making more revenue off of each copy sold, because it's double the price, but it still indicates a massive leap in how many units were sold, regardless.
0: Everything that you put out on Switch is just coming up aces. Everything
1: Nintendo puts out. Yeah. So Which is the purpose of a Nintendo system, obviously. Yeah.
0: Uh, but in the midst of all this success, the new CEO, who hardly knew you, I don't even really know his mm. name still, has stepped down. Sure. <laughs> I mean, you're looking at, yeah. what, a year and... Well, no, it's been, Go out like, on it's top, been, I it's guess. It's been more than that, but... <laughs> yeah, like, when did Iwana pass away? that 2015? Yeah, it's been two and a half years, probably. like that, yeah. He didn't keep the job long. No. And in the midst of that, he brought Nintendo out of the doldrums. I mean, people will say oh, people, it was yeah, Iwata's idea about, or
1: whatever. Yeah, what was the plan that Iwata left in place? Like, I don't know if we'll ever know that.
0: I don't sure. know if I believe that or not, but... <laughs> I mean, I'm sure they had an idea what they were doing. Yeah, but like you still have to go out and execute on that. Oh yeah. I mean, it's not just like, hey, let's was, make a console and let's not hybrid.
1: It, it was the CEO clearly who you know it took long enough, but they fixed you know they fixed their production pipeline problems. And that's, that was not a water. That, that is not a water. That was the new guy, and that was that's not an easy thing to do. Nope. I mean.
0: You're bucking against, knew, against
1: decades of tradition. Yeah, and we knew they were—you know—they're capable of it, obviously. But you yeah. still have to motivate and, and get those gears turning, and he did it. And I have to say that that was a well done. I mean, like you know, people talk about how like you know, that was weird. Like, I remember because remember the switch was the Is his name Kimishima. Maybe I can't remember. But I, remember I mean, think about that—we don't his, even know his name. But you remember his sales of the switch in February were the third place. They yeah, were yeah. There. And people were saying like you know oh it's because there's product constraint there's no there's not enough Switch. the yeah. you know, switch is everywhere they are, like you yeah. can go anywhere and get one and like I'm not you know that's a good thing like it is absolutely like, yeah. you, like they they've you know, but like,
0: if you're a fan rooting for Nintendo you don't want to right you back. want an excuse for that but like there is
1: no excuse because there, there it was just there was nothing to buy right and like now it's starting to warm up I think you're going to see some good sales from the switch. In April, because of Labo, that's the other thing about is like I haven't seen barely anyone talking about Labo in the wake of the launch. But I feel like that doesn't necessarily matter because it's not for our circles yeah. of people that would be discussed. I feel like there's there's like zero discussion. There's going to be yeah, but I feel it. like most of the people that bought Labo do not go on Twitter a lot. You know what I mean? Right. Like it's, yeah. like I think the sales they don't are have re- a
0: cell phone yet.
1: The sales, well, but <laughs> I also like mean eight. the parents. I mean the parents. Yeah, that bought Yeah, yeah. they the don't have time gonna- for social media. I think the sales of Labo are going to surprise some people.
0: Um, well, it's going to be a big money generator because yeah. it's eighty some dollars instead of just sixty. So that's and, going to uh, tax some revenue on yeah. onto every sale. Although well, they can't cause that much to make. So yeah. Like why do you think the boring. president? We don't know if he was forced out or he stepped down or whatever. But why do you think he? I mean, look, you're. It's like you're surfing all day, and all day you're paddling. And you can't catch a wave, and then all of a sudden this big monster comes and you paddle your ass off, and you get up, and you're just on the top of that wave, and you're like, oh my God, this is going to be the wave of my life, and then you just quit. Mm-hmm. Like, that just seems insane. I don't know what, what the plan is there. I mean, the guy that is taking his place is much younger. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if Nintendo's maybe trying to get away, because, I mean, truth be told, Nintendo has traditionally been a company that promoted from within, mm-hmm. and promoted from within its senior leaders. And a lot of times those senior leaders would ride it out. Awada, when he was hired to lead the way was young by nintendo standards Mm -hmm. i mean think about yamauchi before him oh yeah i mean they basically had to like move him out after he died like i think he may have died at his desk at nintendo i mean that's how hardcore he was and how long he stuck around um so it's been interesting to watch this shift away. Awada was kind of the first one and they kind of went back and now they're going back to a younger guy
1: yeah well i mean they've gotten a lot of criticism over the years for like you know not they're, getting that, it they're not getting it that their board is all over 65 that there's yeah. not enough like young blood happening to kind of keep on top of things and maybe they're taking that to heart and maybe we don't know what happened internally like who knows yeah. what it took to get the switch to be what it is and you know maybe there was you know you don't know if there's warring camps in a company it's like this isn't going to work this is going to work um, who knows if there were, you know, we don't know, like, who who was involved in the Wii U, and, like, we got bit, and we do not know what the corporate politics are. We have no idea why this guy would step down, or if maybe he's stepping down for personal reasons. We'll never know. Yeah.
0: I mean, that's the other thing about Nintendo, is it's so tight-lipped. It is a tight, tight ship, mm-hmm. and we'll, we'll never know why he yeah. left.
1: But if we move forward over the next year or two, and we start to see that Nintendo's making some crazy, interesting moves that are paying off for them, and that seem to be the, the result of this guy uh this new guy coming in like i guess we will know to some degree we'll we'll at least know that they they found a guy with with some ideas that could compete with what iwata had given them over the years it's hard to top the last 12 months it is i mean but that guy moving into that job he's like man i got way more important to continue it's way more important to continue because nintendo's history is oh look this thing did really well oh we're just gonna not do anything to capitalize on Look that at the Wii. happens all the time. It, it was they, like
0: the biggest video game yeah, console ever. Look at the and sh- it fizzled out in like 24 months. Look at the Super Nintendo.
1: Yeah. The Nintendo 64 sold half of what that thing sold. Yeah. And, you know, and no one could have predicted that, but they were... they were, And they were making the right moves in terms of what kind of hardware they were after, but they you know, dropped the ball on the third-party support and kind of having to pay for people to use cartridges and stuff, which is happening a little bit with the Switch
0: again, but like you've got the digital... But then they tried to fix that with it. GameCube and it did even worse. Yep. But again... It was proprietary... Proprietary media. It's, oh, I mean, and, it was oh, a disc, I mean, but we're it was there again. mini
1: disc. We're there again with the Switch, and yeah. you're already running this stuff. We're like, what was, what's the what's the thing coming up that uh, they announced was going to have uh, a Wolfenstein requires a, a download to work, yeah. um, which is like, you that's a problem. <laughs> I mean...
0: It's even a bigger problem because the on-console storage is so right. minimal. It's a joke, but... I mean everything's coming up roses for nintendo
1: right now yeah. i mean at least you're not in a position like the vita was where not only did you have to buy separate storage memory but the storage memory was owned by sony in a proprietary format they wanted 70 bucks for yeah you know at least you can get a cheap sd card well, that's true that's true um so but I mean, you have to buy
0: one <laughs> yeah but like you know that's like the old days you had to buy memory cards for everything yeah there's a to me there's a big difference though in buying a memory card to hold your saves Versus having to buy a card so that you can actually play video games. Yeah, if you're not saving
1: back in the day, you weren't playing the video game either. Yeah. I was
0: gonna. You're not gonna sit
1: there and play Final Fantasy VII in one sitting. Yeah. Trust nobody unplugs your damn console. Some I'm sure someone's done that. Oh, I'm sure, absolutely. <laughs> of course. But like, ideally, as a general consumer, you're that's probably not your plan. Yeah. Although I know people that try to do that. It's insane. And then someone trips over the cord, and like you lose sixty hours of of gameplay, and like. Mm.
0: Yeah. But I, again, you know, I've i never would have seen this coming with Switch. It's just been a smash hit. Um, slow down a little, it seems like of late. Yeah. But as soon as some games start coming out, I think it'll pick right back up. I think people still have a thirst for the hardware and want it. Um, so I think everything's looking yeah, good. I, I still think their you know
1: their estimate for the end of fiscal year for hardware is twenty million, and they've already sold eighteen. So either they're really lowballing, or they're expecting the system sales to slow down significantly. Um, whereas their target for software is $100 million, right. which is high but eminently doable oh, considering how things doable. are selling so far. Yeah. Um, so Nintendo seems to have a pretty realistic view of how they're It always does with its financials.
0: Its financial reports, it's not just a bunch of blow and smoke up, up mm-hmm. people's butts. Like, I remember back when the Wii was thriving, and uh, they would have their financial reports, and you'd read the quotes, you're like, what? Like, you're dominating right now. But they were realistic, almost pessimistic Mm. and I wonder if like that sort of corporate culture ultimately fed into at least part partly of why Nintendo has failed to sustain success when it has a hot product out of the gate
1: Mm. well part of the problem I think you know the Wii is a weird is a weird anomaly just in the sense that it's it has almost no relevance to anything that came after it yeah because so many people that bought that system are not customers yeah they're just and never they, will be again they wanted, weren't before then. yeah and, they wanted yeah. a box that played Wii sports or Wii play yeah and they were never going to buy mario odyssey yeah they are not the people that are going to make the switch a success um and Nintendo, you know to be fair has realized they don't seem to think they're not expecting this thing to hit 100 million in the time the we did yeah i don't think but like they're expecting it to be a competitor again, which is certainly more than you can say for the last few systems outside of the Wii. Absolutely. Um, although I still have... I would sp- argue that it wasn't really a
0: competitor either. No,
1: I think Nintendo... For anything. Nintendo argued that in a positive sense. Yeah. It's like, oh, we think we're our own things. like, yeah, clearly, because no one who thought they were competing with anyone would make Wii music. Cause it, I think that kind of hurt them in the end, though. It did. Yeah. It did. Um, certainly hurt them in software sales because they were trying to sell toys and yeah. people wanted games. That's another uh, thing
0: Nintendo fans don't like to hear. Yeah. Don't call him a toy maker. Well, they're a card maker t- when it comes down <laughs> to I it. I tell you. It's funny. It's been funny because uh, on Pactor Factor, we've had Marcus on for the last mm-hmm. several episodes, and the last one actually just went up this morning. Um, so we did the finish the five-episode run. And uh, a lot of people are being introduced to Marcus for the first <laughs> time ever on YouTube. Mm. You know, they they weren't even, they were like, five whenever gt was like kicking butt or whatever and they're just like what oh my god like (laughs) they're not used to having somebody just tell it like it is and just drop the truth bomb on them it's a lot harder to take the truth
1: when it comes from a welshman yeah yeah, that much
0: (laughs) i've really enjoyed screening the comments (laughs) on youtube over the last like three or four weeks like also,
1: like, like on a boat with Pactor, he's gonna be even like more direct. Yeah, you know, it's like it's like you see, he's in the perfect. Well, environment. they're also drunk, right?
0: They're, I mean, as every episode has gone on, they've become more and more intoxicated. <laughs> and Marcus, like the first episode, he hardly said anything. Second one, he talked a little bit. Third one, it was just like it's on. And uh and by the 3rd, 4th, 5th episode now he's Marcus. He's like uh-huh. who he really is and like people are like I does not compute. <laughs> where is my influencer who will tell me everything is okay? Like it's so freaking bizarre, dude. But it's been it's mm. been fun and interesting. Uh it's just going to be interesting to see kind of
1: how where they move forward cuz like you know, there's there's kind of the the audience that is like weirdly insistent that everything multi platform should be on the Switch, yeah. When like the Switch clearly can't do
0: that. It's just been funny watching the Nintendo fanboys rise up again, yeah. After being beaten down, and now but they're they, all but, like, but, but I, they, I am the champion. But
1: even in this scenario, they still have that weird persecution complex oh, about it, <laughs>
2: it's
1: and like, so funny. The last time a Nintendo system was, like, on, you know, even keel with, like, other, you know, the other systems' multi-platform releases was the GameCube. Yeah. Um, yep.
0: You're always playing second fiddle on yeah, Nintendo. Yeah, and even
1: C- then, you kind of had the problem with the disc size. Right. Literal disc size. Well, yeah, because they
0: compress like, the voice acting yeah. on the games, or they cut stuff out of the game. It's, yeah.
1: It's crazy. Not tops. Nope. But, like, and now you're kind of in that same position where it's, like, you know, we can't cram this thing on, and, like, sometimes you'll get, like, a miracle, like, doom... But at the same time, you get people saying, like, oh, we should, you know, Fallout 4 announcement at E3. It's like, that thing barely ran on the PS4. Yeah. Like, you think that can, you can cram that onto the They did
0: get Skyrim to work on it. I don't even know how Sky- I got... Mean, Skyrim's a, an old game. It Skyrim's is. Skyrim's seven years still, old. I'm
1: still surprised they got it to work. You know, it's running at a very low... It's like Doom. Doom runs at, like, 600p or yeah, something. And it runs at, like, 25 frames a second. Or so. It's like... I mean, it's, it's not it's, all, it's all fine. about visuals, It's fine on a tiny little screen. It's a stream. fun game and... Sure, but, like you got to start giving me stuff that I can't play on in a superior form on another platform. Third party still a big X factor for Switch. Yeah. Still. Um, I mean, that's th- the problem with the indie stuff for me, too. It's like, I already own that on a PC. Yeah. I don't need it on a Switch. I don't need to pay full price from three
0: years ago for a game I've already finished on a Switch. This E3 will determine it. Because mm-hmm. at this point, publishers have had plenty of time to see how big Switch is. And if they don't show new games for Switch at this E3, they're mm-hmm. just simply not coming. Yeah, it's interesting to see, like you know this is, I mean, it's twenty years in the
1: making. This kind of attitude, some of the, everyone but Ubisoft. Ubisoft obviously is a oh, different. They've always been a. They, buddy. They've always yeah. been a supporter of of Nintendo. Um, but like people like EA and Activision sort of have this attitude of like, well, yeah, we see that that Nintendo system is selling very well, but we don't think that our games are going to sell on it. Um, and you kind of get that that dichotomy between like well the the history kind of says they're right but what if they're not right this time they should try it but like corporate wisdom does not match up with the corporate was like well we we're making money fine we don't want to take this risk and take another bath on the on on another nintendo system so we're just going to sit back and not do that maybe we'll release a crappy version of fifa Right. see how that does that's what they did um, which is, yeah <laughs> and it's not like EA doesn't do, I mean EA is doing the same thing of VR you know there's like mm, sure it's doing our right. you know it's doing better than you thought but like are we gonna make money on it mm, I guess we'll never know you know it's like it's uh, they're playing it very safe in it's in this world where one major you know release misstep can cost you part of your company yeah um, you know i i think it's reasonable to say that like you're not going to cram anthem onto the thing so you know that's just not part of their business model right now and uh, but it should be maybe it, maybe once the online is up and running uh, which i think is i i think is why dark souls got delayed uh, for the switch is oh, i'm sure they yeah. had the online because like no one seems to bring that up but it's like it seemed to be running fine on like kind of the demo stuff they were doing so like what's the what's the x factor and also something that has been a problem with other versions of the game over the, the years past, yeah. is the online, and like yep. the fact that it's being delayed till closer to the supposed September, you know, online service infrastructure launch. Too much can, can't be a coincidence. Yeah, yeah, so, absolutely. and
0: remember, mid-September is still technically summer. That's right. That's true. So. <laughs> So we'll see, but so far all coming up roses for Nintendo. Yeah. I think once, they're once they are the, going to get to a breaking point here pretty yeah, soon. Yeah, but
1: though. once the online infrastructure is in place to sell people loot boxes, we'll see what people do. Yep, we'll see what they do. If Belgium doesn't make it illegal
0: everywhere before that, <laughs> lots of countries are starting to do that though. Well, Belgium's just one of like four now that's done it. Who? Uh, all, I, all I saw was Belgium. Oh, uh, no, there's actually I think there's three countries that have that have done it so far. I can't remember what they were
1: though. I enjoyed that they declared it. Gambling, except not Battlefront Two,
0: because... <laughs> a game that like they
1: liked or something. Well, no, it's because when they when the the case was heard, uh, EA had already pulled the boxes out of it, so it uh... was it didn't count. <laughs> It's like, I just find it funny that the game that caused all this furor was, got away. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, we, we pulled them. It's not in there. It's like, oh, okay, that's fine. Well, they
0: were smart, and they pulled them.
1: But the solution, A lot of other but publishers of course, have you know, it. the outcome of that is going to be is like, you know, I think it was like Overwatch and Counter-Strike and uh, one other that I can't remember, but the result of that is they're just not going to sell those games in Belgium. Right. Like, it's not going to change anything. It's just going to piss
0: off the consumers. Yeah. <laughs> it's,
1: it's not, not going to change anything. Yeah. Belgians want their
0: hats, damn it, in Team Fortress 2. <laughs> All right, let's move on. We're going to talk next about Destiny 2. Uh, Just this week, the second big expansion for Destiny 2 was unveiled. First with a a live stream, an hour-long live stream, and then with a follow-up cinematic trailer, prologue trailer. Mm -hmm. Going back to Mars. um, Going back to college. I actually put together a little bit of data about Warmind. Uh, New gear, including exotic weapons and armor. Shocking. Um, an end game event activity that is a take on horde mode, hmm. which is kind of interesting. Which is the best, closest thing we could get to battle royale mode. Yeah, it's called an uh, escalation protocol. Interesting. Uh, yeah, you face off against waves of hive enemies. Right. The hive apparently oh, yeah. is the big enemy in in I this like expansion. Don't like the hive very much. I'm not a huge fan either. I'm, I don't hate him as much as the flood, but. <laughs> I mean, they are the flood. They are. I mean, I mean they're, but I don't every, hate them every every race
1: in uh, in Destiny
0: has a Halo equivalent. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, the Leviathan gets a new raid lair. and on the PS4 you get uh, some timed exclusive content in the form of a strike and armor for each class. Mm. Um, all the content coincides with the launch of Season Three and its accompanying update on PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Um, it will make changes to exotic weapons and introduce crucible rankings and private matches, which is pretty good. Um, all that will be free, whereas Warmind will cost 20 bucks here and 17 euro. All crucible, all the new crucible maps will be free for everybody. So nobody has to pay any money Lies. for those. Yeah. They, they can be taught. What? I mean, <laughs> look, I'm, yeah, I mean, that's a lesson that's had, that a lot of developers have had or publishers have had to learn. Like, keeping maps away from people is generally not a good idea. Yeah,
1: you'd think that would be a no-brainer.
0: But... Call of Duty manages to get away with it, only because it's Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, it's generally a really dumb tactic. You're just splitting up your user base. And look, even in Call of Duty, I hate it. It's like, even sometimes when I have the maps, it bothers me. Because I'll be playing with somebody, and then a map will load up that they don't have, and they get dropped off the game. And I'm like, well, this isn't good for me either. Like, And I pay mm-hmm. for it. So... Um, yeah, I think it's a good idea that Bungie has decided to at least make those free. Uh, what, what are your impressions of, of Warmind based upon what we know so far? Um, yeah. Like I, Will I, it get you to go back and play?
1: Maybe? I, I'm going to have to go look and see if I bought the version of Destiny 2 that came with a season pass. That's going to be, <laughs> that's gonna be the, the, the deciding factor, because if I already paid for it, sure, I'll play it. I have still never
0: done a strike.
1: I have... Uh, I, I can't remember the last time I logged into Destiny 2.
0: must be, like, October. You were talking last week about uh, the difficult decisions you need to make when you need to download games. Even on PS4, we have a terabyte or Mm. whatever. And here we have our Wii's that have, like, (laughs) a handful of gigs. Um, One of the games that's always right there on the edge for me on that chopping block has Mm. been Destiny 2. I haven't deleted Destiny Two yet, but only because I don't want to re-download everything
1: if I decide to play it at some point. But Isn't like,
0: it funny, like the mental gymnastics you go through when you have to figure out what game to delete? Mm-hmm. Like when I uh, when I installed God of War, I I was I made the decision I cut Yakuza, Yakuza mm-hmm. Six. I was like, I don't see myself going back to that, even though it really just now came out. Uh, I probably should have deleted Nino Cooney too. I finished that. I'm not going to go back and play that. But it's funny the things that you think of and how you kind of barter and bargain with yourself trying to figure out which one you want to delete. Um, so, in your opinion, this doesn't pique your interest at
1: all? Not much. I mean, it's coming out at probably a time when there's not gonna be much else to play it's may 10th i believe yeah is, so like may i'll State. probably will play it it's just it's certainly not something that i'm marking on my calendar as like oh my god i can't wait like yeah is yeah. anybody
0: in that camp with destiny 2 at this point i don't know everyone
1: I, I mean i know people that played a lot even more destiny 2 than i did and like still did the raid stuff and stuff but they all are like weirdly cynical and mean about the game like there's like <laughs> like, like they play it's like they play it it's out of a, it, it a grudge almost yeah. and like they're like, oh, did they, what stupid thing? Did, I mean, I think one of the forums I post on, I think the, the Destiny thread is called, it's t- titled Destiny 2, What Did Bungie Fuck Up Today? And like, <laughs> it's just, you know, it's just like there's like this cynicism of like, like it's even these people, I mean, these are not like hardcore, crazy, like this is all I do all day. These are people are, are parents and they're, they're normal, they're kind of middle-aged people or like people in their 30s to 40s. Um but even they have this sort of mentality of like it's us against Bungie.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, it's like, what's Bungie gonna screw up and mess up this time? And like, they're dedicated. One of the, one guy has a maxed out character of every all three classes with maxed out exotic armor, everything of <laughs> all all four. I mean, he took every of every, ev- everything, everything. He he grinded to maximum on all three classes and all of their armors all different occasions of each three each of the three different like elements like he's outfitted for anything that could possibly happen in the game and he's like no wonder he's passive aggressive yeah <laughs> and i'm like i don't know i'll play it
0: it's so like it's like but really oh you know he's gonna play it
1: but it's just like it's like they do it out of like a like a obligation, An obligation. yeah and it's I like i've don't... played it so much yeah. i need to play it more and i just don't feel that way about it i, I finished the story and played some of the extra you know the post-game stuff and I'm I did I don't think I ever did the raid but
0: but I think there's a certain point you get at when you play a game so much that it kind of becomes your identity sort of it becomes it's... like your your gamer identity it's like he's a destiny player and those people eventually say to themselves I'm a destiny player I'm it, a pepper <laughs> don't you want to be a pepper too? Yeah. I, I've never fallen into that camp really. I mean, I guess maybe at a certain point other people would have called mm-hmm. me like a shooter guy. Um I mean I, I could I guess be, but like
1: I have to keep up with stuff so much that yeah. like We don't have time can't to fixate really on, just fixate on it. Yeah, I can't sit there and just play Destiny forever. I mean yeah. I'm interested I'm kind of interested to see like if, if the day ever comes where I don't have to keep up on game releases as a professional for professional reasons. Would I settle on one or two things and just right. play those forever? I don't think I
0: would. I'm always. I, don't think, I, would I think I'm always after the next, the next. I mean, I've been doing it so thing. long; it's just who I am. Yeah. I just I enjoy all genres. I enjoy all platforms. I mean, look, there may be some day when I'm like seventy or whatever, and I'm living off my social security check, if that even exists. Whenever I'm seventy. And uh, I have to make a choice between just buying, like, one console instead of buying all of them. I could see maybe that day coming Mm -hmm. a long ways from now. But as far as changing my behavior, my purchase patterns, and the games that I play, I just don't see it. It's it's what I enjoy as a person who plays games. We're the people that the current publishers
1: hate because we won't buy into the games as a service model. Not Not because I reject it as, like, some kind of, like, ethical thing or consumer rights thing, but because I just don't want to play your game that long. Yeah.
0: I, 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 I don't thought, want to
1: play for honor for a thousand hours well like, it's funny because i thought do. at
0: first you were going to say i can't play your game that long and then i was like thinking to myself well i'm going to say i don't want to and then mm-hmm. you said you don't want to either no yeah, so. I, I, I just don't want to play the same thing that long maybe like, either
1: there are a few things i play a lot you know, obviously i'm on i finish you play my, the witcher i finished the witcher three <laughs> three times like that's that's like yeah. three three hundred or something hours yeah but, like, that's extraordinarily rare. And one of the things that I like about The Witcher 3 is I don't have to deal with anybody else in it. Right. <laughs> like, Which, with games as a service, right, you the instance always The in- instant you introduce other players, you are drastically lowering the odds that I'm going to stay with you that long. Yeah. So, I like Destiny 2 in part because it lets me play a lot of stuff without other people. But when it hits the point where i got to start coordinating schedules with other people... It's easier to
0: just pull up something else. I think you brought up a very good point, though, and that is, one, May 10th is about two weeks away, and I guarantee you at that point, I'm probably going to have very little to play. Yeah, what else are we going to talk about that week? And I may very well go, go and play. Assuming we're on the air at right. that point. Yeah, <laughs> Maybe doing a show from the bus stop or something. <laughs> they have internet at the bus stop. Well, we're not homeless. Like, we can... We can... <laughs> <laughs> we'll see um, it'll be interesting I, I feel like Destiny 2 has not had the longevity of the first game even though it's better than the first game in pretty much mm. every way um, it just seems like the fall off for the community for this has been far more drastic
1: in yeah, I mean I don't know what the numbers are on the community or anything like that but it certainly has, doesn't seem to have held the mind share Right. Uh, Nobody talks about it, except the the few people I know who are, like, dedicated to it. Yeah. Um, Just like I know the same three people who play Sea of Thieves every night. Right. But it's, like, like, I felt like there was a lot more sort of, like, interest and chatter about Destiny
0: 1 in general as it went along than there has been with Destiny 2. I think maybe people were a little more forgiving with the first Destiny. Maybe. They're like, yeah, it's, like, your first try at this. Well... We'll be a part of the team, and we'll get it there together. Mm-hmm. And then with the second one, they're just like, "Oh no!" Like, well, I think
1: I think they blew a whole bunch of goodwill with that first like kind of my, like medium update. the yeah. Kind of like half update, where like right. they took some stuff away from the, the people who didn't pay for the update, and, I, I, and, and messing with the balance changes that were just kind of designed to punish people. Like I think they they did themselves no favors. Uh, in the wake of the launch, yeah.
0: and uh, it's hard to recover from that. It is, uh, especially with all these other games as a service out there, and Fortnite taking over and becoming mm-hmm. huge, and you have Overwatch still. And clearly, is Destiny is not designed to be a Battle Royale sort of thing, so yeah, I, I'll bet you I can
1: tell Destiny you. 3.
0: Destiny 3! Destiny 3! It's coming. Royal Battle. Yeah. Well, I guess you saw this week that now the rumors are flying that uh, Black Ops 4 is coming to Switch, but only as a Battle Royale move. Wow. Yeah. That's that's really tipping your hand. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <It's my way.
0: laughs> Again, just a rumor, that's not fact, so don't quote me on that one. But I've that's been swirling around over the last week is mm-hmm. that uh... I think rumors about
1: what battle royale mode of what thing will be on what platform is gonna be constant for the next couple of because years. Because every game's gonna it's happen. Gonna, yeah.
0: But with I, Switch, I, I, they're saying that that's all it's going to have. Yeah, is... three
1: guesses what the, what the Anthem developers are working on right now. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Can we make
0: this happen? I don't know. Oh, I mean... yeah. As long as you have a, a game where guns are shot, yeah. you can make it happen. Or even or then. it just has a weapon.
1: I would like I would like to see them, for honor, try
0: a battle royale mode. Yeah. Like a melee-based battle yeah. royale. Just a... That would make it more like the Japanese film, in all honesty. Yeah. Because, I mean, they all pretty much had melee weapons. A couple people had projectile weapons. But mm-hmm. for the most part, they all had like really a reenact, You or... could reenact Ron <laughs> in, that, in that pretty well. All right, let's move on. We're going to talk next about Battletech. Or maybe a better way to describe it would be XCOM with mechs. Yeah,
1: a little it's bit. A it's a turn-based strategy game. a little game. more to it, yeah. Polite robots?
0: Yeah, because they're taking turns.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sigh. So... <laughs> So, okay, uh, full disclosure on this one, uh, I have played one mission of this game. <laughs> and the reason for that is because I think it's actually this mission, if I'm not well, mistaken. Well, this is the f- opening of the game. Yeah. yeah. So, at the end of this mission, um, is it this one? No, it's not. This is a different mission. So, it was the very first thing.
0: Oh, so this is like the first it's legit like first mission. It's like the first magician <laughs> mi- mission,
1: mission. I think I'm talking about the tutorial mission. Right. <laughs> so... At the end of that, you're basically escorting this uh, royal personage in her own mech, and uh, in the middle of the mission, a coup occurs, and you have to fight off some uh, some traitors, and a little, little you know little story happens, and uh, at the end of it, you have to have her run her mech into like this safe zone that we'll, she'll get on an escape ship and fly away. Um, the problem is that when it cuts to when it goes to that part, the only character you can move is her. To get her onto the ship and one of my guys at the end of the battle was standing in the canyon with the path to the ship is so she couldn't get around his mech to get to the ship and he couldn't move because i can't move the other two guys right. on my team so basically I, they're like oh we got to start the game the, the mission over with and i'm like well you know what? i'm just going to turn you off and go play god of war um so i only played like one mission of this um, but
0: I'm a big BattleTech fan. Uh, I think probably the vast majority of older players are. Yeah. Tech well, fans. I mean, I
1: I played. I mean, I did. I never played the pen and paper game much, but I played, uh, Mech, you know, Mech Warrior, the the kind of the simulator thing. And I remember in all the old magazines in the late '80s, uh, in the, about over in, out in Chicago or in the early '90s, maybe they had. Uh, the Battletech simulator pods, if you remember that. Like, I were,
0: absolutely remember them, yeah.
1: And uh, I remember reading, like, articles about them and just drooling. Like, oh, I, yeah. wanted to, I wanted to go to Chicago just to play <laughs> all that. All the
0: way there, from and, California. Yeah,
1: and, like, eventually I did get to play one, because one of some place out here finally got one in, like, 2001 You would think or that
0: California would be the first one yeah. to get.
1: But I, got, but I finally got to play one, and it wasn't all that great. Yeah. <laughs> it, was just, it was not all that different from what I'd already played on my PC. And then if you go way, way back, I played uh, on the Apple IIe BattleTech, The Crescent Hawk's Inception, which was a turn-based RPG kind of strategy. It was you know, like, in, like one of those RPGs where you in the fights you move guys, you actually have them move around. So it's like this, but the fights are like random encounter RPG style things. And it took me a year to figure out the puzzle at the end of the game. <laughs> Uh, I would periodically just go play it. I that's, that's the time and lack of funding to buy new games I had back then. Yeah. Periodically, every couple of months I'd be like, "I'm gonna play BattleTech again and get to maybe the I'll end get of it, past it this and maybe time. I'll figure." And this is that was like a 20-hour game. It was. I a did long that with game. Body
0: Harvest for a long time. I just put it down uh, yeah. and I'd be like, "Oh no, I just." And, like, what the end doing? of
1: Crescent Ox Inception was, like, this crazy, like, star map thing. And you eventually you had to, like, activate this. And it got to the point where I finally, I think the way I figured it out is, like, I figured out that the, the disk drive made a certain sound when I flipped the right switches. So I just flipped every one until I heard it make the sounds. And then I went and, like, only flipped the ones that made the sound. And then it worked. I still have I still I'm pretty sure I still don't know why the solution was correct. Yeah. But I figured it out off of disk drive noise. And then of course the biggest problem was the, the, the quest for that in that game was you had to find these hidden mechs your father had hidden and they were like variable mechs, which meant they could transform into jets. Okay. And I'm like, that's the coolest thing ever. I gotta get these things. And of course it ends when you find them. <laughs> and you never get to use them. You they just fly, you fly off the planet with them. It's like, all right, now we're going to go do the next thing. And it's like, oh, I never get to use the mech that I spent all this time looking for. So... Uh, so this is a
0: turn-based strategy. This is a
1: turn-based strategy game, although it, it, it tries to kind of action it up a little bit in terms of... Um, the
0: promotional media for this game, in my opinion, was very misleading. Oh, what? Yeah, if you looked at the trailers and stuff for this game, like they didn't put out much gameplay before mm-hmm. the game came out. If you look at the trailers, like, it does not appear to be a turn-based strategy game whenever you watch, like, a lot of the cinematic stuff that they put out. Well, it's funny, because, like, the cinematic stuff in the game Although is... Although XCOM could be guilty of that
1: as well. Well, but the cinematic stuff in this game, uh, from what i played, is just, like... Not very. Well, no, it's just, like, it's, like, it's that same kind of indie game, especially the sci-fi PC stuff d- does this a lot. Like, the 4X games. It's just, like watercolor paintings that like you slowly track the camera over while someone talks like ducks vo over it which is fine but i'm getting kind of tired of that um i'm kind of tired of the motion graphic thing at this point (laughs) um so yeah it is a it's a turn-based strategy game i mean there is some real-time motion it's not like on a grid like or at least not a very visible grid there is sort of a grid of where you can move it's just sort of kind of well hidden um the main thing is, like, what they're trying to do here is simulate kind of the Battletech gameplay, and I think they do that pretty well. So, the, 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 main, the three main things in Battletech are, uh, you know, position and cover, uh, heat, That's and right. damage. And they balance all three of those things pretty well in this. And, like, when you, so when you target an enemy, you can choose how many of your weapons to fire. You get a percentage for each type of weapon and your percentage to hit. Yeah, is that is the weapon going to do this much damage or whatever. You have to know what what you know what, what you know, do you want to use a laser on this thing? Or do you want to you use a You don't want to overuse cam? it either. Right. And you don't Not want to overuse it. You it don't because... want
0: to use like some weapon that's gonna when there's ten percent left on the enemy's health, you don't want right. to use a weapon that'll take sixty. Right. Because it'll Be-
1: overheat. Yeah, you know? because you can overheat and then you have to let it you can either let it cool or you can over go ahead and just, you know, burn the heat and they're gonna damage your mech. Right. And then of course you can also uh, target individual pieces of the mech uh this comes into play later where like uh a- after the mission's done you get salvage so it's a lot faster to kind of target like the ammo storage of a mech and blow it up by a critical hit that way but if you do that you're not going to get a lot of stuff out of it you
0: know because it'll blow it it'll all blow
1: up. everything up so you won't get as much salvage and that what do you le- use the salvage for uh upgrading and 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 there's
0: crafting and, in the game
1: uh you have to, i think you have to like choose weapons and like your look because choosing your weapons and your loadout is very important because you know, lasers and, and that kind of thing are very powerful, but they can generate a lot of heat. So you right. also want projectile weapons and, and long range missile stuff. And then there's like things where like, you know, you can do missile bombardments as long as one of your allies has a line of sight on an enemy. So like there's you know, you there's a whole thing where like you know, there's always a big dichotomy between light, medium, and uh, heavy mechs. And you wanna use the light mechs to kind of do scouting stuff, and there's a nice little thing where you can you can it's called reserve basically and it means you can like delay the turn of a certain mech or a certain pilot and run them around and and so like if you want the light mechs to kind of do like a line of sight thing you delay them and then like you do that later so there is a lot in there it's not i wouldn't say it's um it's not kind of as mercilessly puzzle driven or mercilessly like, like hardcore as uh, into the breach uh, which was kind of that, the one we talked about a few weeks ago. Um, a lot of people are saying
0: that's game of the year.
1: Yeah, it's up. I mean, Ken Levine called it game of the year just today on Twitter. I think. Yeah. Um If if you like that kind of game, there's not really anything else in out there. Yeah. This year. Um, I mean, there,
0: there's really nothing else like
1: this out there either. That's new this year. No, no, i certainly not in terms. I mean, it's it scratches the battle tech itch. I'll tell. I'll, I'll give it that. Like it's. It feels like playing Battletech because of the heat management and the and the, the body part targeting and that kind of thing. Like, it doesn't feel like playing XCOM outside of the same genre. Um, and it also kind of delves, you know, battle, one of the things that maybe people... It's pretty don't, dry. It Watching is. Watching this B-roll, it's like, it's not very flashy. No, it's not. But the other thing, of course, is like, the other thing that's dry about it is uh, Battletech... The desert? Well, no, Battletech <laughs> is uh, maybe only second to Warhammer 40k in terms of just endless amounts of lore yeah, and and just like the political machinations. I mean, and this, the game even kind of sets you up with that, where like it's, it talks about this and the expansion of this, this and the reach. And then like when you make your pilot, which is surprisingly uh, flexible, I might add, like you can make just about anybody. You can even choose your pronoun. Like you can be a he or a she or a they. Wow. Um, And design your character however you want. Uh, Although I did notice that your your gruff uh, instructor guy calls you lad, whether because I I (laughs) I picked a female character and he called me lad. Oh really? So I'm like okay, Um, but like you know you have to pick your origin, like where you were born and where you're from, and like there's just endless number. You from from this sector of space or that sector or this the outer reaches or the other, and it's just like you you get to design your backstory pretty pretty detailed, and it goes into some serious lore, and there's like you know you pick your emblem for multiplayer and it's like a, this is a huge list of emblems and I'm like every single one of these emblems has a giant backstory to it I'm sure I don't yeah. know what it is but I'm guarantee. I'm, I picked one that had a spider on it because I like spiders and I'm like I'm sure I'm saying something terrible about myself by picking I, I probably picked like the worst house in the history of Battletech novels I, I wouldn't that. lose too much sleep over probably it. probably
0: not but. <laughs> I really wouldn't let it get to you <laughs> so, are, did you enjoy the time that you spent with it? I did enjoy it. I just got angry
1: that they wanted me. They, uh, the, the, this weird little glitch was going to force well, me to do it Well, look, a again. glitch
0: in the training mission—that's pretty much not encouraging yeah. Like, if that's what happens on the training mission, what's going to happen <laughs> when you're like 80 battles deep or whatever? Because there's a lot of number crunching that goes yeah. on in this. Frankly,
1: I'm just, I mean, this is kind of holding me over until that act, more action simulator-based one is supposed to come out at some point. One, I mean, we've seen teasers for Maybe. it, Maybe. guess. I don't know if there's any more information I mean, on that. this
0: franchise has been away for yeah. a long time. At
1: this point, I would take Mecha Assault 3. I mean, God, <laughs> whatever you want, guys. Whatever I need to get some decent robot action on this thing but i like what they're doing i think you know it's fun to see just all the weapons just hit things yeah. and blow their arms off and there's some fun physics when they die and uh i like it like it's priced about right how much is say. it it's like 30 bucks i think yeah um i feel pretty good about having it scored
0: pretty well with critics yeah
1: i, I feel like it's it, it's you know i i agree with you that the the marketing is a little sketchy in terms of selling what it is yeah but if you know what it that's is that's why know we you have get- game face yeah you know what you're getting into i feel like. so far i'm like okay i mean i will go back to it when i have cooled off from yeah. it you know it's just unfortunately i hadn't gotten to it until today and i sat down to play it this afternoon before i came here and then i'm like well i'm not gonna just play that twice like i'm not gonna do that again i'm gonna go back and play god of war before i have to leave the house basically i was <laughs> you know, like look that's it's, it's it's up against a very strong contender that's a tough right now. that's
0: a real tough decision <laughs> A game that yeah. basically broke in the tutorial?
1: Or God of War? <laughs> so, and I don't know maybe, you know, maybe I was doing something wrong, but every time I'd hit resolve turn, it would just blank out the two guys, and all the only one I could move was the girl who couldn't get through the dude who was just standing in the canyon. I'm like, no. if, your, if somebody your with queen your... <laughs> demands
0: access to the freaking escape ship, dude, if, if someone with your level of knowledge, expertise, and experience with video games had a problem getting through the tutorial, it's not your fault. I don't know. It's we all the have designer. The, we
1: all have our Dean Takahashi Cuphead moment now and again. <laughs> I but I'm know. pretty sure I wasn't doing anything wrong. Yeah. Because otherwise, the every every other turn I took, like everybody got a chance to move, and all of a sudden they weren't allowed to move
0: except her, and there was, like, the guy was in the way. So I don't know. Even if there was a way to get around it, the fact that you couldn't figure it out means that it was a problem with the way the game was designed. Yeah. Period and it's the tutorial right that's what i'm saying like <laughs> hope so, everyone else will have better luck if they give this a whirl
1: yeah so be aware maybe it's got some rough edges but like if you're into BattleTech, like it felt pretty legit what i played of it um if it's if it is not so i will come back next week and say don't listen to me i was i was totally wrong <laughs> she drugged me and three and three <laughs> missions in all the robots turn into unicorns and fly away be pretty although nice. again might not be worth might be worth the money just to see that
0: <laughs> all right let's move on we're gonna talk next about the return of valve matt believe that when i see could it be the valve has come back to lead us all to salvation no no probably not valve bought a video game developer matt yeah they're gonna a make a company that all it does is make video games walking simulators Kind yeah, ish. Maybe Firewatch, right? Yeah, Campo Santo. Yeah. yeah, but still, it's a video game. True. It's a piece of electronic entertainment that you interact with. Therefore, it is a video game. All right. Well, maybe Valve will get them pumping
1: out you know a game every six years now, and we'll. Uh... Well, that's my question.
0: Why? Why has Valve done this? I don't know. Like, what, what, about, I mean, I really, it's like, I mean, you're just I'm not going question- to buy one and it's a small fry. I mean, I'm
1: not questioning the idea that someone would want to buy the people who made Fire- Firewatch. No, Fire no, is great.
0: that's not what I'm talking but about. But like, I don't know what Valve's doing here. If you've made an internal decision that, hey, we're going to start making video games again. Half-Life 3 is a walking simulator? <laughs> At this point, I'd take it. Yeah. Like, it's like, just, just, as long as just the story gets rubber, yeah. rubber, I'm good. But it, look, if you have decided internally, Gaben has has spoken and said, we are going to return to the way we were. We're going to make groundbreaking video games that are that are genre Whatever. We're coming back as a game developer instead of just a services company. Is this the way you do it? No, I would just like... You buy some little dinky... I'd
1: hire more people and say, like, make a video game. Yeah. With my infinite money. I mean,
0: Valve could have bought... Any indie developer. It could have bought all of the indie (laughs) developers. It could have bought indie games if it wanted to. But for some reason, it chose this one. And look, we have heard rumblings lately that Valve has said, hey, we're starting to get back into game development. This obviously is a sign. But what does it mean? It means we're going to get Campo Santo games for... PC? We were already getting them. Well, just slower now. <laughs>
1: you know? I'm baffled by this, Matt. Maybe, that's, maybe this is how they plan to do Portal
0: 3. I can't, but that's not their this development studio's strength. Well, they can learn. Do you pay a lot of money for a studio to learn? I don't know. They saw something in them. I mean, look, Firewatch is great.
1: Maybe they think they can do a walking simulator where you buy hats. <laughs> yeah. They're gonna know. try to
0: turn a walking simulator into a game as a service. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever figures that out is a genius. I'll say that much. I'm just puzzled by this. I really cannot understand. And maybe we'll learn more at E3 or something, and this will make sense. But right, I'm glad. I'm happy. I, mean, I just maybe, can't make sense of it.
1: I mean, maybe like with Firewatch, like it's such a you know heavily first person thing. You could be, they could see them as potentially good in VR stuff. But like, it feels, I mean, it's it stopped feels... VR
0: development too, though. When was the last time Valve put out a new VR game? I don't know. Like the the launch week for Vive, like. Well, you gotta start somewhere. I mean, it I never know. even went, really went in on Vive after all the bluster before it came out and supporting it, saying it's their official platform, mm-hmm. It Valve really did nothing for it. Well, sort of the Steam Machines thing too. Yeah. Like they they talk
1: a big game, but then nothing happens. They end up
0: not doing anything about it.
1: And like you're just like, what about the thing? And they're just like. He, they're, they're Gus Van Sant in uh, Jay and Bob Strike Jay and Bob Strike Back <laughs> uh, where it's, it's like it's like counting money I'm busy Ben yeah like, it's just like you can't, can't do it can we get an action over it no nope. busy Ben told you
0: I mean, look. I could see if maybe in a week we hear it, and now Valve is bought, blah blah blah, mm-hmm. and then a month after that at E3 or whatever we hear now Valve is bought the guys who made Inside, yeah, yeah or so whatever. Yeah, like then know. then I see a strategy, but with this it's like the developers random. Like if I were gonna if if, if I was like okay I want to buy an indie developer. This would not be one of the fir- No offense to them. They they've made a great game, but this is not the developer that I would purchase first.
1: Hmm. I think I think this is a big wait and see right now. We gotta see what they do next. Like I don't I don't have a theory on what they're planning unless they just really I really
0: want to make games like Firewatch. But... Usually, when you make a big purchase like that, there's a press release that goes along with it. There's quotes from both the G- new parent company and from the company that was purchased. And Gabe Newell doesn't need no stinking press releases. <laughs> yeah. Like it, I mean, look, if you're Campo Santo, though. And you're this little guy who's put all this energy and money and time into building this little brand into something. And then Valve buys you. Don't you want to at least be able to put out some kind of a statement? Like,
2: Maybe, If someone
0: were to buy Sifted, like I'd want to say, hey! Like, but then what if Gabe says, no, just go to sleep on your pile of money? <laughs> yeah. What about fans of Campo Santo, though? They're all left drift, like dangling in the wind. They're like, "What's going on?" Like my favorite, one of my favorite studios is now bought, and no one's saying anything about what's going. It just seems the whole thing it's seems been, crazy. like three days, like give it some time. Yeah, but it's happened. That usually those that stuff happens on day one when the when everything's. Yeah, you wouldn't get that though. You just get some kind
1: of like, "Oh, we're very excited to work with things about the stuff," and these. Very really admired of all
0: the things of the, that they've made over the. It's like it's. it's you it's usually a, get a statement like where Valve would say, "We admire Campo yeah, Santo's work, and we look forward to them continuing down their their all path." right, we'll just assume they saying. I mean, that that, that stuff's fluffed.
1: I, I don't care about that. I don't care that they didn't say that. It's like it's about as substantial as like a post-game interview or something. Somebody... But
0: imagine if it was like a developer that you really care about. What if it was CD Projekt Red that was bought by Valve and. It happens and you're sitting there three days later and you still don't know if they're ever going to make another Witcher or if Valve has just absorbed them into their studio to work on a bunch of other crap. Like, it does matter. Well, but
1: I'll just wait and see what happens. Like, what can I do about it? Like, I don't expect immediate answers for these things. These things take time. I I didn't say you should do anything about it. This is a podcast about video games. We're trying to talk about it. Right, but I just don't see, like, okay, they bought this company and they're probably going to have them make a game for them. Like i don't think it's do we know that maybe like well, i don't know why else you buy them unless you're just going to dis i mean they're not ea like <laughs> they're not ea is the one them. that takes them out back and shoots them and throws them in the pit like that's i mean valve yeah. doesn't dismantle you usually well I, I, does valve ever has valve ever bought a developer before yeah they bought uh what's it the people who made left for dead didn't they the turtle turtle rock did is they, that they i thought they bought them maybe I'm not sure. I, I don't know, no one's heard from them in years. They're yeah. all dead. I don't <laughs> no know. one heard
0: from Valve in years. <laughs> <laughs> They're all, they are all dead. Uh, this is just shocking to me. I just don't understand where Valve is gone with this. And with no communication from either company, we won't know.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: We may never know. Well, until well, they, I assume they'll put something out at some point or they'll dissolve
0: somewhere. And we we'll be like, what was that about? And Gabe's like. Mm-hmm. Oh, we are buddies. I just figured I'd give them $100 million. <laughs> Which he could very well do. Which he could very well do for every one of his close friends.
1: I have a feeling they didn't sell them for that much.
0: What do you actually? That's kind of fun. What
1: do you think a studio like that would sell for? I don't know. I would I would guess like in the in the seven to ten million range.
0: Yeah, because you figure I think usually how how it works is you take your annual revenue and you multiply it by like eight. Yeah,
1: or it depends like five or eight depending on who you're talking to. Yeah. Um. I, I and feel i'm like guessing I've, firewatch probably made a million dollars yeah more than that probably. yeah I, I think it did pretty well especially if you factor in you know and again you know steam means
0: that valve knows exactly how well it uh, did, exactly, so, that's a good point yeah. yeah well remember there was that dust-up though on steam wasn't there with firewatch didn't something happen with like user reviews or something um something yeah, happened yeah
1: there was a thing where like they got a lot of negative reviews all of a sudden because they they said was it them it was, yes it was them because it was like they they tweeted something about how they didn't like trump or something like that was that it, what it was? I, it was, I thought it, or something it was some political style thing, like a political thing or some like social justice thing where they said um they stated their opinion on it and a bunch of vindictive dickheads decided to down, down. Review them for uh, yeah. It was something
0: to do with reviews on Steam. It was that's what yeah, I. It was something
1: like that. I think that was them. I don't remember for sure.
0: Maybe somebody in chat can look it up for us and uh, drop some science on us about that because I. It's funny. It just popped that, head hap- like that happened. That happened to somebody
1: uh, recently, but it, and it sounds right that it was them, but I'm not sure if it was.
0: Oh, they want they uh, they wanted their Let's Play from PewDiePie being. Oh, taken that's out. right. That's Thanks, right. Vincent. Um, yeah, so I, I, that's right, I remember there was some kind of a little dust-up with them not that long ago. All right, so, Not that, uh, that that has anything to do with them being purchased or anything.
1: Well, I don't, apparently, I don't know, insult PewDiePie and see if you get bought. <laughs> no, all maybe, these indie studios are going to go after Pewds. Maybe, maybe that's what Valve's after. We're building a, a, a fleet of developers who just hate
0: PewDiePie. We're going to make games that he's not allowed to play. That he will hate to play. <laughs> Uh, so it'll be interesting to see. Maybe I mean, three Valve has the one. money
1: to do that. If it they absolutely wanted.
0: does. Yes, it has the money to do pretty much anything it wants. Like
1: the Andy Kaufman of game development like, choices, basically.
0: Like it could pretty much just like buy an island to start its own country if it wanted to. Like it, the only could, release Half-Life Three there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> to, like, you have to travel if you there. You want to it, get you have, if you want to play it, you have to
1: go there. <laughs> you, to, yeah.
0: you can't take it off the island. You have to play it on yeah. the island. Yeah, and that I mean, would that would
1: work. It would. I would go. <laughs> that would be like It'd be like Jurassic Park, but for a game. I'll go to
0: my wife and be like, there's this great island that I want to go to
1: for our next vacation. Oh, Catalina? No, it's no called Valvastan. Yeah. <laughs>
0: That's freaking great. So I'm hoping, at least maybe at E3 we'll get a little clarity, but Valve usually just blows off E3 anymore. It acts like it doesn't even exist. Yeah. I don't even know what to think of Valve anymore. It's just I think back to, like, when I first started in this industry and how huge they were. Yeah. I, I mean, I basically just think of them as a store now. Yeah. Yeah. You know? It's crazy, though. I mean, I had a lot of reverence for them back in the day. It a feel, lot of people did. Yeah.
1: Well, it also kind of feels like, you know, it, it's a little bit like uh, when you kind of lose a friend to, like, like, a like a, a, a really obsessive marriage or, like, a like having tons of children. And it's like, oh, I just don't see them anymore. You know? Yeah. Like, they have their own life. And, like... Valve found found its niche, and that niche apparently has
0: nothing to do with making video games. I think one reason why a lot of people have this affinity for Valve is because Valve was kind of a... Uh, they were a shepherd in a lot of ways that kind of took us from this archaic 2D video game world and kind of showed... Us and other developers, kind of how 3D games could play, mm-hmm. and showed possibilities for how they could play. They kind well, it was
1: of definitely a, a pioneer in terms of you know between them
0: and Marathon,
1: I think they codified how yeah. you tell a story in a first-person shooter back in the night. <clears throat> Absolutely. And also like Valve when they start you know, when Half-Life first came out, like they were like a scrappy little team that made this mod and like yeah. just I mean it was like. It, it was crazy, you know, because it, it was a quake mod originally, and like it was just, it, it was like, oh, these guys like made it, made good and hit it big because they made the greatest mod ever, and like, that could be me. Yeah, they came out of nowhere. They launched the same day as Metal Gear Solid One. Yeah, you know, I remember that. Like you had. You'd PC guys and PlayStation guys like rubbing up against each other in the in the electronics boutique, which like, never happened. <laughs> asking for like asking for like you know a oh, metal Gear Solid. and I was like, you aren't getting Half Life. I actually got confronted by some dude who was like, you're not buying Half Life, and I'm like, I don't have a PC. <laughs> they didn't have a PC at the time; I had a yeah. Mac, and like I'm like, I don't have a PC. i have a He's like, what you're you making a big with? mistake, and he's just like, mm. it was it was like you know it was like he just enc- it was like the Lord had encountered a. It was. I think that person. was your first elbow brush with the PC Master Race sort of that that kind of smugness was definitely present as I'm like I'm like man I've spent so long playing wing command like you know I mean i played <laughs> tons of PC Believe games me. I just don't have one right now yeah. <laughs> yeah it's funny I wish I did I'd be playing Ultima Online right now
0: Yeah now you can't even buy PC First of all Electronics Boutique does not exist anymore Right Second of all, you cannot buy PC games in a store anymore. Yeah, I either. Remember, actually, I can't remember if it was Electronics Boutique or
1: a Babbage's. Or whatever, it was one of the others. It doesn't one or the other. matter. Or software, etc. <laughs> That's
0: right. <laughs> yeah, I was just uh, digging through my closet trying to make room, and I found uh, my Dreamcast. And I just popped it open to look at it for a second, and I, I had a Babbage's receipt inside nice. the box. Oh. kicking it old school does babbage's exist anymore
1: no nah, they all got absorbed into what became, what became GameStop, stop I mean, yeah yeah and now
0: GameStop is struggling to yeah well they remain relevant hanging by a thread made out of funko pops yep pretty much yeah and video game swag Yep. yeah i guess hope they don't go away man i still like retail i guess there's always amazon there's also every other i mean the, the big box stores still have stuff
1: yeah i don't i won't miss not going into a GameStop, really We've got we still we also are lucky we live in a city where there's still some
0: independently other yeah, game stores. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I like going into those. when yeah. I'm in there just to talk with the people for a little while yeah. and or just be like, "Hey, Genesis Games." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Or even honestly at this point, "Hey, another gamer." Yeah. Because it's like the way gaming is now, it's so anti-social. It's like just sitting at home with your TV and your internet connection. It's just mm-hmm. it's kind of lost that. That's what we have CP connection. Yeah, <laughs> everybody dance. Everyone play your and play the hurdy gurdy. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's move on. We're going to talk next about Detroit. Uh, for those of you who don't know, there is a demo right now on PlayStation Network that you can play. Um, I played it, and uh, it's really short. Did you get a chance to give it a spin? No. Uh, I think they're.
1: They... It's oddly hidden. I know, like I didn't. I would never have known it existed if you hadn't said something the other
0: day. It's like. Every, on PSN, is always like that. I will know there's a demo, and I cannot find yeah, it. Yeah, it's on hard to find them. It's insane. I don't understand why they make it so freaking difficult. Seems to be counterproductive to the idea of a demo. And here's how I found this one, and here's a pro tip for you for those of you maybe want to give it a spin this weekend. Once you get to its quote-unquote game page on PSN, keep tapping down. And, like, the fourth time you tap down, it will get to the page where you can download the demo. Hmm. Uh, this is footage from the demo right here we're seeing. It literally, once you kind of figure out how it works, takes about 15 minutes to get through. Um, And then the idea is that they encourage you to play it multiple times. Because this game really is about branching story paths, alternate outcomes. Although this demo in particular, the cutscene changes at the end, but the end result kind of remains the same. Um, So let's see. Where do I start with this one? It's a David Cage game, Quantic Dream. Of course it is. Uh, And it very much plays like a Quantic Dream game. Um, One thing I will say about this game versus Heavy Rain, and maybe to a lesser extent uh, Beyond Two Souls, is there's not as much, I don't want to say like busy work. Uh, There's not as many things to... ambient junk yeah there's not as many things to just randomly observe there's like the
1: shenmue thing
0: where it's like oh you can pick up all the fruit in the bowl absolutely yeah like uh, if you remember in heavy rain like you'd open a fridge and there'd be like 25 things in there you're like well what if one of these things is it's like important. a clue, yeah. and you have to sit there I remember, and systematically look at everything in the refrigerator? I remember,
1: before heavy rain came out, one of my friends got an early copy of it, and we played it. It was like a New Year's party or something. We played it at his place, and so we had it was like a lot of people, and including like not people that don't normally play a lot of games. And he was playing it as kind of the sh- to show it, and like in the beginning of that game is like, what's his, you know, Ethan or whatever his name gets up and. You know, gets dressed and brushes his teeth and uh, and like finally one of the girls was like what the hell is this game (laughs) like just like daily chores the game like what the hell is like why are you doing this is this fun why are you playing a game where you press a button to like drink coffee and look serenely out at your backyard like what the hell is this like she it was just sort of this like something snapped and she's like why would anyone want to play this thing that's like Do do things you could do normally. Yeah, the game. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, like that. So that kind of ambient stuff is not
0: as prevalent in this one, I guess. It's not. No, I mean, there's still you could see that one scene where you pick up the fish and put it back into the fish tank or whatever. Right. You obviously know that's not like a mission objective crucial object yeah. right there but you might get like if someone would come it's like why'd you
1: waste time putting a fish in a thing or something or if you don't do it they'll be why'd you let the fish die Yeah, like, there's
0: <laughs> no good choice yeah so the scene that they let you play in the demo you play as an android um, and you're coming to the scene of a crime where there's a hostage situation and you've mm-hmm. actually we've seen this in like i think they did the demo at uh, was it, it may have been the first ever demo they did at e3 i was think is that e3 yeah like 2016 I believe it was. Mm-hmm. It was definitely last year it was one of the things you could play. Yeah. Um, and, on the floor. Yeah. And uh, so you, you come up into this apartment. There's a hostage scene outside, but you need to investigate inside first. So the big part of the game is investigating. Mm. Um, and so this is a crime scene. You walk around. You observe a couple things. And eventually you come upon two vic- a couple victims that are in the apartment. And essentially what you have to do is you have to scan items looking, waiting for your controller to rumble and waiting for an icon to pop up. So they'll give you a set view of an item, and then you literally, it's just trial and error of scanning the cursor across the object until you get a rumble and an icon pops up. Once that happens, you can you basically go into this other screen where you replay what happened before you got there. So essentially you're kind of watching ghosts but you have there's so there's a timeline that appears on the bottom of the screen and on the timeline there will be different colored sections of the bar that show you where you need to really pay attention so um it's just like a a bar on a youtube video or whatever but just portions of it are highlighted in a different color and when we get into the the parts where there's a different color you need to move the camera around to try to find the clue Mm. that's going to allow you to kind of activate that clue on that timeline. And sometimes the timeline has two, sometimes it has three. Um, But usually it's pretty easy to find the object that you're looking for to kind of complete it. Um, And then you do other investigations. You look for clues around the apartment. And all of that builds uh, towards your percentage of actually completing what the primary goal is. And the primary goal in this mission is to stop the hostage situation that's happening outside the apartment out on the roof of the building. Um, and then once you get outside and here you can see you have to scan this gun case for clues and so you move your cursor around and then you will get that hit hold triangle it'll it'll uh, recognize that clue then you start looking for the next one and then that builds towards your invest your bigger investigative meter um, and then once you get to a certain point you can kind of go on and try to finish off the case which is going outside and trying to deal with the hostage situation then once you get into the hostage situation, that's where you start dealing with making decisions in X amount of time. Um, and here you can see where they're reenacting what actually happened before you got there. And if the graphic weren't there, you could probably see that there's a timeline there right now. In fact, Sam, take that down real quick. Oh, and it went away just as the graphic went away. But that's where the timeline is, where our graphic for the, for the show is usually. Um, so then you go outside like you're scrubbing through
1: a video, basically.
0: Pretty much. yeah, you're just like it's just like scrubbing through a YouTube video. The right, the R, R2 scrubs to the right, L2 scrubs to the left. Then once you go outside, you start dealing with what most people remember from David Cage's games, where you're presented with a scenario. You have to make decisions. And you have x amount of time in order to make that decision. And from what I could tell, I played through it three times. Every time I played it, all this stuff inside was the same. The only thing that ever changed was once I finally went outside to
1: to negotiate.
0: Maybe? Yeah, I mean it's you're dealing with an android who has taken a child hostage, and the android was the family's android and it has gone rogue, and the android is threatening to throw the girl off the building, and it's raised the little girl since it was since the girl was a baby, and you're trying to swage the android to get him to put the girl down and essentially give up and there's after you finish each case they show you kind of a, a schematic or a flow chart showing you where each decision was the one that you made how that branched out and how that presented you with all the other options but it also i think incentivizes you to try the other branches and try the other decisions to see how it all plays out and Again, the demo's like 15 minutes long, and I think the idea is that they want you to keep playing it over and over and over again to see the, the different result. But in all honesty with this, the only result was the final cutscene that played. Like, uh, there's a helicopter hovering outside, and depending on which choices you make, um, you can actually wave the helicopter away to try to mm. satiate the android to make him feel more comfortable so maybe he won't throw the child off of the off of the roof. But ultimately based upon my several playthroughs, the only thing that ever changed was how that last cutscene played out. And I'm not gonna spoil it because some of you guys may play it this weekend, but either the girl's rescued, she's not rescued, they, either you die, the android die, blah, blah, blah. That's kind of where the rubber hits the road is with the final the final uh, decisions that you make. So I don't know if the whole game is gonna be structured like this, where you show up to a, a spot you do your investigating once you hit a certain zenith you can kind of move forward with the cinematic stuff i don't know but that's how it seems how like this is plays. probably
1: going to be at least the way this guy's stuff plays yeah or like you know maybe the like the scene with the very special episode of Punky Brewster child abuse right. thing is probably gonna be more like what we knew from like Beyond Two Souls where, or, or kind of the more action-oriented Heavy Rain stuff.
0: I mean, do you play as the android all the time or do you play I as mean, humans? It, I mean, as
1: David Cage, we're probably playing multiple characters. Yeah. Yeah, it's, just, I mean, Beyond I mean, Two Souls be, mean, like mean, that, but... When you
0: think about the dichotomy that's going on with this game, it would be good to play from both the perspective of a human and the droid. Yeah. Oh, there's a refrigerator. Don't open that refrigerator. <laughs> Don't open that refrigerator. There'll be 50 things in there that'll take you 20 minutes to sort through. You have to look at every individual mango. Yeah, but I think what I would say is like it's a limited demo obviously. It's not very long, not very big and it doesn't really expose a ton about the game, but based upon what I've played, it doesn't look like it's really moving that style of game, that genre, or the game that Quantic Dream makes in all honesty forward all that much. Um, but I will say this, it is it's tense. It is emotional, and the voice acting's really good. the The motion capture is really good. The girls very, the little girl's very convincing. The droid you're trying to literally talk down off the ledge is also very convincing. <laughs> you um, don't understand what happened. You can't do this. What? And the oh, the options, the that option they give
1: thing. You. It, just, it crosses out the stuff you don't know, and it crossed out understand what happened. Yeah, like, and all that's right. all
0: based upon how much investigating yeah. you did before you get to the conversation trees. So there is some impact uh, on whether you want to investigate or not. It could make these scenes either a little more challenging or it could close off some avenues for how they might play out. And presumably, whatever you do here carries over into the next scene that you play. And hopefully it's sort of a cascade to where every single player has a different experience. Obviously, we've played these games before. Where that's roughly been the case, mm-hmm. um, maybe not to the extent that he promised. I wouldn't call him Peter Molyneux or anything like that, um, but maybe this is finally the game that, that does it, that gets it right. Maybe I don't know. <laughs>
1: like I'm, I'm not encouraged. I mean, this is a more effective scene than like the you know the abusive father scene, which I just found ham-handed and silly. Yeah. Um, you know, like, my my standards for a David Cage game are pretty low. Yeah, I think for most people they would. Uh, and I'm, the main thing I'm interested in is, like, this is a very interesting idea, the idea of, like, you know, robots sort of, like, you know, sentient AI or sentient robots sort of, like, having to kind of reclaim their rights or be recognized as, you know, and, and that was, you, you saw that in a little bit in the uh, second renaissance, uh, the, the Matrix, Animatrix thing. Yeah. Uh, which probably, was, like, this, this seems to draw a lot from the same source. I don't think it necessarily draws from the Animatrix, but it does seem to draw from similar sci- science fiction sources that have been around forever in terms of how robots are treated. Um, I just don't
0: have a lot of faith in David Cage being able to explore that topic effectively you know it is kind of this scene in particular is kind of an interesting dynamic though because you're playing from the perspective of the android trying to convince another android that has gone rogue that he should put the girl down he should put the gun down Mm -hmm. and so it does kind of play on this weird inflection point where okay i'm one i'm like you and so then when you, when you start to make the decisions, you take that into account. You're like, okay, well, I'm an android and he's an android. So what choices can I make here that are going to be most compelling? Do you want to be sympathetic and say, I'm like you, I understand where you're coming from? Uh, or do you want to take the, the perspective of the tough love and be like, look, yo, I'm a droid like you, but you're messing up here and you're going to screw it up for the rest of us. Like it, it does kind of provide different angles. Um, from other David Cage games, where you're just kind of dealing with other human characters. Or in the case of Beyond Two Souls, there's some supernatural stuff in there. But but still, mostly you're dealing with other human characters. Um, this dichotomy of androids versus human beings, I think, could give this a spark that maybe his other games didn't have. Mm-hmm. It, at least for me, a, in a limited playtime, it made it harder to make decisions. It's definitely a more compelling like,
1: concept. Narrative in general, yeah. Um, and hopefully it comes, because you know, the Heavy Rain's main problem was that it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Uh, and Beyond Two Souls' problem was, um, it was kind of a pretty basic story and uh, glossed over a lot of the more important elements of her life in, in favor of sort of these weird dramatic moments that didn't really go anywhere. And then it really felt like they cut Beyond Two Souls up into pieces and shuffled them around to make it seem more complex. Um, but like you could just tell that, that game story in a linear fashion, but they cut it up and jump around through time. Uh, I always thought because otherwise it's kind of boring. Yeah. Like you, you had to kind of, I never finished Beyond Two Souls. I did get bored of that game. I did, I did finish it, but there was like a a thing where you had to basically like, it felt like, you know, you had to create some kind of like, oh wow, how did this How did she become a secret agent or whatever? Like, like there was so many things where you had to just sort of jump into these times of her life without explanation to keep people hopefully wondering, like, oh, well, how did you get here? And then you find out later. Uh, and in the end, the answers are not particularly interesting.
0: Yeah. Oh, here's, so here's the, the flow chart where they show you kind of how you could have done things differently mm. to get different results, which I think kind of encourages you to experiment a little bit or at least try some of these yeah. like more than once. I do appreciate, like, the, the the higher level transparency on this kind of
1: thing. Yeah. Like, other than, like, having... you Because know, it used to be sort of, like, with the other games... Cer- certainly, well, certainly Heavy Rain was like, okay, I'm going to play through this however I'm going to play through it, and then I'm going to go back and look up, like, right. a guide and <laughs> do the things that I didn't do, you know? Yeah. Because it was always... a It had a tendency... Some of this stuff tended to be a little obscure. Um, and, like, you know, there's things where, like... Uh, I remember one of my friends who played that... I can't remember who it was, but he, he was endlessly irritated with the scene where you're playing as uh, scott the investigator and you you find the woman who has the baby and you're supposed to like change the baby and do all this stuff and if you miss one thing it's like hard to find or whatever like you fail it yeah and like he's like i don't understand what i'm doing not not missing and it was like some weird little thing that he wasn't doing right or something and he had to look it up and he hated that
0: stuff like that drives me crazy too so <laughs> i could totally understand i like
1: the idea like the investigation thing i do like that i mean i'm one of the weirdos that enjoys the detectivey parts of batman more than the punchy parts of batman you know and that kind of thing and this looks yeah i'm i'm I'm, that's a more interesting way to present this material so we'll see if it works out
0: beyond two souls also free for playstation plus subscribers this month not on accident i'm sure yeah probably the right price for that yeah free yeah, they, I think they want to get people into it so that they understand what's coming yeah. from Detroit, and then try to leverage that for the sale of Detroit. But, Although,
1: ho- again, hopefully Detroit is
0: stepping the narrative game
1: up a bit because I wasn't too—I've never been impressed by David Cage in the yeah game. for
0: games that are supposed to be driven by the story. Yeah, but again, this premise is much more interesting than anything that he's done before. So yeah, but at the same, it t- has the opportunity at least. Yeah, at
1: the same time, like the parallels and kind of the societal like. The societal parallels of this premise are pretty obvious, and his statements that he doesn't want to explore that are either bullshit or disturbing. Yeah, either. (laughs) Um, Take your pick. And the question kind of becomes, do you trust David Cage to tell a sensitive and level-headed story about racism parallels? No. No. And my answer to that is no. Yeah. So I guess we'll see what
0: happens. Yeah, it's coming out pretty soon. I think it comes out next month, doesn't it? Does it? Yeah, that it so. sounds right. They usually seem to come out in spring, Mayish. In yeah, that, so not range. long to wait. By the time you finish Beyond Two Souls, this will be coming out. It's all part of the master the, plan. You gotta, you gotta pick. Are you gonna play
1: Destiny? gonna play Destiny Two, or are you gonna play this? <laughs> there's your, there's your choice. There's your May That's gaming choice. That's a tough choice. one.
0: I think I would play.
1: I think I'd play Detroit. I think I'd play... Yeah, I'd play Detroit until it annoyed me enough that and I wanted I to shoot to, something. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And then I'd go blow some... some. What are they called? The vex? Yeah. Don't the they? hive. The hive. Yeah. yeah. What are the vex? Doesn't matter. The vex are the... vex
0: are the machines. The vex yeah. are the... Yeah. Yeah, okay. Whatever. Sure. Alright, let's, let's <laughs> move on to our next talk and last topic of this week's episode. Uh, An advantage of us getting back to Friday is that this morning, Shadow of the Tomb Raider was unveiled in full. We got a little dinky teaser trailer a month ago, I guess it was. Mm -hmm. Maybe a little less. like a logo, basically. Yeah, it was really nothing. And today they finally put out the full trailer. There was an event where the press was able to play the game for an hour. Um, The reports coming out of that event are not encouraging at all. Mm. I don't know if I've ever seen... People, or journalists at least, complain so much about... A...
1: About a preview build. Yeah. Because normally it's a, that usual, that weird sort of like hopeful, you know, that kind yeah. of like weird optimistic, like, oh, the game's broken in 14 different places and Lara has no hands, but hopefully they'll fix that by the time the game comes out. You know, like there's always that sort of like... Weird, and usually they're wrong, like usually yeah. that stuff, usually what you play in the preview build is pretty accurate to what you're gonna play out of the box at retail.
0: A lot of the criticism that's been coming out of what people played at the event is that Iidos Eidos, Square Enix is trying to still build this as Lara becoming the Tomb Raider. Yeah, how many games do we need of this? I thought we needed one.
1: I thought we already rose. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean,
0: you're pushing it with calling the last one Rise of the Tomb Raider. I, after the first Tomb Raider, she had become the Tomb Raider to me. Like she had already fought through the strife, and her she had kind of had the personality flip. Yeah, well, she also, I mean, Rise of the Tomb Raider, she kind of confronted
1: the organization that killed her father, right. and and like that he was fighting story, against. revenge story. Yeah. Okay, you know, but you know Trinity and all that stuff. Okay, I get it. Okay, it works. And but now, like even the title "Shadow of the Tomb Raider" would indicate that she is large enough to cast a shadow yeah, that others exactly. have to toil with. That's them. a good point. But like, if this is again another like, oh, we're seeing her become herself. It's like, so what are you gonna? It's beginning to remind. What remind do you me do of, now? Well, it's beginning to remind me of the um, uh, the uh, the 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 Bonds, the 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 Bond movies as as of late. Um. Daniel, the Daniel Craig Bonds, where, like, Casino Royale and uh, uh, Quantum of Solace were, like, you know, begin, uh, an origin story, and then you jump to Skyfall, and he's old and hurt, and you're like, wait, do we not get a, a Bond movie with Daniel Craig's Bond just being Bond? Right. Kind of thing? And it's like, so, like, are they, like, you, you have to give me a, a, at least one thing where, like, she's herself. She's in the prime of her Tomb Raiden self. And it's like, why are they so reticent to just sort of call it? Oh, she's—it's Tomb Raider. It's Tomb Raider. You're raiding tombs, and you're shooting dinosaurs, and you're axing people in the head, and like, you know,
0: like what's what else is left? I—it's I, I, just crazy to me. It's like um, they it reboot just... the franchise, but now I feel like they're right back where they were. Mm-hmm. They're, they're just the back to over and over Lara being Lara, and then now they're gonna fall into this trap of, okay, how do we? Reinvigorate this franchise now because they had run it. They had run out of ideas. That's why they rebooted it in the first place. Now they've run all the, They've lapped all the way back around to the starting line again, and they're like, "Okay, now what do you do?" Mm-hmm. I would argue you just make a really good Doom Raider game, which like, I'm pretty sure they're gonna. One hopes. Um, most of the negative opinions about it were not that it looked bad or it played bad. A lot of it was just why? Why is Square Enix trying to push this on me? So is it like and trying a... to tell me how I should look at the the game? Because basically they're saying, okay, Lara oh. now <laughs> isn't still yet the Tomb Raider, and what what she gains out of this game that gets her there is her self confidence and arrogance. Apparently, the whole setup for the game is that there's a Mayan apocalypse, and it's the fault of Lara, and Lara. that yeah. six years ago. Yeah, I don't know. That's a 2012 thing. Yeah. And so Lara is trying to get people on board to go with her on this adventure to stop the apocalypse, essentially. (laughs) That's the primary setup for the plot. Um, Here's the PR line. Um, Lara must master a deadly jungle, overcome terrifying tombs, and persevere through her darkest hour. Again? Yeah. How much darker can it get than the first game? I don't know. Uh, She races to save the world from a Maya apocalypse. Lara will be forged into the Tomb Raider she is destined to be. Again. So three games of her being forged into the Tomb Raider she is destined to be. So this is official PR I'm reading here, Matt. They could not come up with a more interesting or exciting way to describe this game. Reading that, does that get you excited about this game? No. I mean, I'm interested in the game because I
1: like the last two a lot. Uh, me too. I that, love the last like. Do you two. think that's just sort of like general kind of uncreative PR speak? Then, like, you know, is that really what the game's about? Because I feel like, and then like when you get down to it, you start it uh, starts to make me ask a question. Like, so what is the Tomb Raider then? Like, like how do we know when she's become the Tomb Raider? Like, yeah. What, what what are the do char- we have to wait for
0: you to tell us? Yeah. She's what now are the, the characteristics
1: and traits of <laughs> Tomb Raider? Like, where are we getting to here? Like, like is there a is there a litmus test? Is there a particular pair of shoes she wears? Like what like what <laughs> Like, here, where here are we, what are we I waiting for? Montreal.
0: Shadow the Tomb Raider will challenge Lara Croft in new and unexpected ways. That's know good that? to hear.
1: Because I bet it's going to be cold, <laughs> and I bet there's going to be things she has to climb, and I bet there's going to be things she has to shoot.
0: And I bet there's going to be some stealth.
1: I bet you'll slide on, like, like zip lines.
0: Yeah. Our team has created a, a diverse set of skills, combat techniques, and equipment for players to master. Sounds a
1: whole lot like the last two games. Uh, mostly you're going to hide behind waist-high things and shoot people.
0: Yeah. And they'll certainly need them if they hope to survive the deadly jungle environments and tombs. So that is sort of one of the big pillars of the game, too, is that it takes place in the jungle. Oh, okay. Um, no that, more snow tech, huh? Yeah, I guess they're, they're going from yeah. the tundra to the jungle. Yeah. And I,
1: I should also note, if we want to throw it all the way back, uh, God of War has some really good snow.
0: Yeah, oh my uh, gosh. Not just that, Matt. Mud. Did you ever yeah. step in mud and see yeah. what happens? Yeah, little footprints everywhere. So... But it's just like when you step on mud. So when you first step in, there's a puddle, and then the dirt fills back mm-hmm. in, and it just turns into, like, a wet spot. Anyway, we going to be talking about that game for a long time. Um, another thing that people mention in their hands-on reports is that the game starts in a city. You're walking around um, a, a city in Mexico that's full of people, shops, all that kind of stuff. So that, to me, is a pretty big break. I never really thought about the last two games, that you're never really mm-hmm. in civilization ever in those uh, games. Just in the cutscene at the very beginning of Rise. Right. But then you don't
1: you don't play that part. No. Really.
0: And in this, um, you start kind
1: of in a quote unquote yeah,
0: the, open world
1: city. The last like Tomb Raider I can think of that had any kind of city sections was Angel of Darkness, and we don't oh. we don't want to think about that. I
0: thought you had put that in the back of your mind where you would never remember
1: it again. Yep. <laughs> I remember playing that. We played that like in the game lab at, at X Play, and like I remember everybody just making fun of it. The whole like Adam was playing it, and everyone's like, "Oh my
0: god, what we had all kinds of weird clipping where you none clip, of it worked. Where right. you clip through her head, and you can yeah. see her eyeballs. Like it's <laughs> <laughs> so bad. Um, I uh, look. I don't. I, I'm not going to beat this game up. I am also very excited for this game. I love the Tomb Raider reboot. I loved it actually more than Rise of the Tomb Raider. But I also thought Rise of the Tomb Raider was excellent, mm-hmm. and I expect this game to be great. Um, the initial reports aren't overly encouraging. Do I need something innovative or genre-breaking from the next Tomb Raider? Probably not. No. To enjoy it, definitely not. To consider it for Game of the Year, definitely. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's not gonna. I don't expect this game to be uh,
1: God of War caliber, but like, I really like the first one. <coughs> I played the first. I played the first reboot like three separate times. I loved it. And, I, I uh, think it's the best Tomb Raider ever. And uh, I like Rise. I played Rise twice. Um, I like what Rise wants to do
0: more than the first one in terms of yeah. kind
1: of the, 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 the scope of it. And I've, But I feel like it drags by, it does the, drag. by the last third.
0: When I was talking earlier about there are some games where you get near the end of them and you want them to end, yeah. that was one of those games. It had, kind of sh- it, it had shown me all its tricks. Mm-hmm. And At that point, they're just like, here's another scenario with another 50 of the dudes that you've killed hundred times also
1: only so much time i can spend in, in caves in the snow yeah like the one the one and i don't think it doesn't look like this one's going to do but i would love it if they did a tomb raider that was a little more globetrotting if like even if it was like the old games were like that yeah a little bit like but i i would even take it further in the sense of like um uh and i don't think this format is used enough uh Je- you remember jedi academy yeah where you, at each phase of the game, like, basically you had, like, four or five places you could go, and each place was a separate, kind of its own self-contained mission. Yeah. Um, I would love a Tomb Raider that's just, like, that. Like, yeah. like oh, you can go one of four these four places, and, like, every place you go, you get one little extra piece of the narrative puzzle, and as you fit it all together, you have to do, like, one that kind of, you know, mandatory mission that, you know, like, let me kind of go out and explore the world and, like... It frees up the level designers to kind of come up with new challenges and new environments and new places for her to be. Um, I guess kind of like
0: Hitman. Like yeah. the Hitman games have done. It would be something like that. How do you feel about video games that have jungles as their primary environment? Think like Turok. They're fine. I mean... Don't they get pretty boring after a while, though? I don't know. It's a, it depends what they
1: do with it. I mean, it depends how, how good it looks. Um, Far Cry 4 did okay with it. Far Cry Primal did okay. Yeah. Uh, Uncharted does some decent stuff.
0: Uh, but all those games, the jungle wasn't the only environment.
1: Well, I think Far Cry uh, 4 was mostly the
0: jungle. Yeah, probably about 70%, I guess.
1: Um, I don't know. I mean, it, or Metal Gear Solid 3. That was a that was probably the best use of a jungle in the game.
0: That's one of those games that everybody else likes a lot more than I do.
1: Well, I've never actually gotten more than an hour into it, but like I'm just saying like people people love it. Yeah. And it's in the jungle and you eat things in the jungle. <laughs> yes. Yes, you do. So, I mean, like I'm just yeah, a jungle is not a game killer, I don't think.
0: This is one of the few cases where
1: I mean, I, I, as long as I don't have to look at any more snow. Like, yeah. that, really. Like, I've, I've had enough of Lara in the snow. I don't want, ever want to see her
0: shiver again. Yeah, How about that? <laughs> uh, this is one of those rare, like, big AAA game debuts where after it happens, I really haven't changed in one direction or the other as far as my excitement for it. Mm-hmm. I'm not more excited to play it after. I'm not less excited to play it after. It's just... I think it's just actually become what I thought it was going to be. Yeah, all along. Yeah, I'm just I'm pretty much still in the same kind of like oh
1: I'm I like the last two and I'm sure I'll like this one and I'll play it when it comes. Like, it's just it's not a you know it's it's not a. Uh... No time exclusive this time. Coming out on right. all
0: platforms at the same time. Which is smart. No Switch yeah. version. I don't think
1: that did them any, Yet. any
0: favors. No, last time. it really didn't. Well, they they sided with the wrong team, I think. That was the yeah. problem.
1: <laughs> Which, to be fair, when they made the deal, you probably couldn't have foreseen that.
0: Well, also... Probably, probably made
1: well before yeah, oh yeah. all the... All well, that... I mean,
0: if you were them and you saw what happened last generation, right. it was the smart decision to make. But then, ultimately... I mean, they kind of sabotaged Microsoft on that too because it was pretty much known by the time it came out for Xbox One that it was also going to come out for a PlayStation yeah, they, 4. Yeah, they caved real fast yeah. on kind of it because... Once I mean, they saw
1: where things were headed, they were like, yeah, well... I mean, the PlayStation people were mad. They were, yeah. Let's be honest. I mean, yeah, Tomb Raider's always been a multi-platform game, but I'd say the original games were associated oh, yeah. with PlayStation 1. Oh, more than 100%, else.
0: without a doubt. I mean, it was on, like, Saturn and a bunch of other stuff. But, I played it on the Saturn. It was not a, good, not a good time. No, <laughs> but absolutely. Absolutely, it was known as a PlayStation franchise mm-hmm. back then so yeah I mean if you're a lifelong PlayStation owner I could see where you might be a little miffed I think maybe people I'd definitely say, I'd say
1: that's a series you would associate
0: with, with the PlayStation absolutely so um, I don't know we, we should be getting a ton more at E3 again at the event they only got to play an hour mm-hmm. um and they really were—they weren't able to capture anything. Really, a tiny chunk of these games. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this—I mean, the last one probably took me 24 hours. I think maybe. Rise was pretty big. Yeah, bigger than the reboot. Oh, for sure. The reboot was—I think 14 hours. Maybe it took me something yeah. like that. The 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 rise was rise was rather sprawling, really. Yeah. Um, and look, these games are incredibly polished, um, narratively pretty good. I mean, the okay, reboot yeah. I thought was real good narratively yeah i think the characters
1: carried it a lot i mean i I didn't expect to care anything about the characters other than lara but like i liked her
0: crew i liked all those guys and i think uh that's the difference between doing a reboot that goes back in time as a prequel and doing a reboot that's a sequel like god of war god of war is not going to be in the position that tomb raider's in now two more entries from now mm-hmm. where it's caught back up around and it's like oh we're right back where we started uh, i think ultimately that may end up being a mistake for this franchise but the games are I think they great to, polished fun to play i think you just need
1: to get over the fear of just making a tomb raider game yeah not everything needs to have some kind of weird you'll see how it really happened like just right. just make a good tomb raider and i think that's what yeah. was happening here like that that reads to me like the marketing department just doesn't know what else to say you know
0: but that's a shame if you can't come up with anything to say
1: but it's like it's it's just sort of that element of this game that i think you know how you describe your reaction to it is sort of in a nutshell it's like it's like yeah it's like it's another one <laughs> yeah it's it's just as good but i think
0: the, the kids might come just and get say, it Meh. yeah <laughs> although this that's not accurate i'm not mad towards the new Tomb Raider. No, I'm, excited, I'm excited but for there's it, just
1: like. it's just sort of like it's a really dependable it's a really dependable dish you've made several times, and you know it's going to be satisfying. But that's
0: a good point, though. It has it has got the franchise to a point where it's going to be dependably good mm-hmm. to great. And we could not say that for a very, very long time about Tomb Raider. That's, so, yep. so yep. I guess in a lot of ways, mission accomplished, right?
1: Yeah, I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure it'll sell very well. And I'm sure it'll be fun. Well, and I mean, it's September. Up. September's pretty crowded, yeah. but...
0: Any any month after August is gonna yeah. be
1: crowded. I do think Spider Man's gonna hurt this game.
0: Oh yeah. Sales wise. Yeah. This is a this is a game that would have some crossover with the I game feel like Spider-Man.
1: people are gonna kind of do the thing where like, oh I want Spider Man right now and I'll put Tomb Raider on my list for when Target does his buy two get one free thing in November,
0: <laughs> you know? Well maybe Square Enix is gonna go back and cuddle up to Microsoft again. You're <laughs> <laughs> like, Hey, I know that last time didn't work out so good, but But now you have literally nothing. Yeah. <laughs> And we're going I mean, up I'm against Spider-Man. To go, on I'm PS4. planning to
1: go home after this and put a an Xbox game from 2003 in, in, in the Xbox to play it, because Mercenaries is backwards yeah, compatible as right. of today.
0: That's where you're at.
1: I bought SSX 3 this week. That was my big game purchase. Was I bought? I bought a a, a what is that? Like a like a 14 year old snowboarding yeah. game for my Xbox One X. And probably
0: still the best. One that's been released in the last however many years. It's
1: still good. I I, I mean I got. Angry. I can't think
0: of a newer snowboarding game I'd rather. I got play angry
1: with. at it pretty fast because yeah. it's like that's back when they like you know the racing stuff like you could still lose. Yeah. They didn't just let you like tromp through everything. Yeah. yeah. I'm like this is hard. Wait, I have to try. Wait a minute, I have to go through three <laughs> heats and I have to win all of them. Wait, I won the first two and I, I lost one the, and then I and lose. No, I get nothing. Thing? Yeah. What the hell? <laughs> that was even all that long ago. yeah no. Yeah. That game has a really good
0: soundtrack. Most SSX games do. Yeah, yeah, they did a good job with that stuff. I mean, there's nothing. In Were they, S- was Did EA Sports Big even exist at that point? Yes, it cause, did. Because that is. The it big, still has that. That was print. when the
1: yeah, it comes up. With EA Sports Big. Okay. Uh, yeah, that was that, that was, might
0: have been the last. It was
1: near the end of that. Yeah, yeah. but it was. It was nice to hear that. It yeah. was nice to hear it. Pop Little nostalgia. Up. Um, I will say that like I like three better than tricky but there's nothing in 3 as awesome as when you finally hit the final trick and Tricky kicks in as you land and oh, all yeah. that stuff goes boing. It, everything like, just like, explodes. Yeah. <laughs> That's the best way to <laughs> put it. Boing. It's like the whole game yeah. goes crazy. The whole boing. HUD just goes crazy and a confetti comes out of it. It does feel great. So.
0: Yeah, that was really rewarding. So I'm sure we'll be hearing more about uh, Shadow of the Tomb Raider coming up here with E3 just now about literally less like a month and a half away. Uh, so we should be getting more news soon. Not much to go on uh, at this point, but we have more information, we'll be sure to uh, bring it back in front of you guys. So with that, it's time for our Trailer of the Week. And for those of you who are well-trained in Game Face, it's also time to get your questions into the chat so Matt and I can answer them. Our Trailer of the Week this week is actually not a trailer.
1: Mm. It is... When is a trailer not a trailer?
0: When it's a TV commercial. Oh. Here's an interesting anecdote. That We've sold out, everyone. <laughs> yeah, Sorry. <laughs> Well, here's an interesting anecdote, actually. So, back in the game trailers days, when we would put up anything, because everything we put up would do... <laughs> our, our, our mantra was, you could put up anything on game trailers, and it would do 30,000 views. Like, that is how crazy it was for, like, a... Three-year period. Did you ever put up like just a
1: video like Brandon Jones staring at the camera for 30, 30 minutes? Back
0: then, no one even knew who Brandon was. Oh no, because he was just like, like no uh,
1: personalities. It was just well, he, no, voice. we had
0: personalities, but he was like the creative director uh, and when the video. did he start guy. announcing? He was he would do our voice work, okay. but we didn't even like no one even wondered who it was. They're just like oh, you have a voiceover guy who does your reviews, um, but he was never in front of the camera. He wasn't on like any of our podcasts or anything. How did you not put that handsome man on camera sooner? Because we had. Ten editorial guys <laughs> who all wanted to be on camera because they're like, man, I'm busting my ass to an editorial. Can I be on camera once in a while? So Yeah, I didn't anyway, work at, at G4. <laughs> it didn't. No, it's like if you're not talent, you are on camera. Yeah. That's the way it was. So anyway, um, one of the things that we never would post on GT were commercials. And the reason that it happened that way was because we were running TV commercials on GT and sales and marketing came to me and said, Shane, what are you doing? And I said, what do you mean? They're like, well, I saw that we posted a TV commercial as official media today. And I'm like, well, yeah, look, it's done like 80,000 views in the last three hours. And she's like, no, 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 no. She's like, they have to pay us to run those. Mm. And I was like, you're right. Like, we are running commercials for free that they are supposed to pay us to run on our website. And so we had a rule that was like, we would not run TV spots Hmm. on game trailers. Um, Anyway, interesting anecdote for those of you who have been around uh, with me for that long. But anyway, this is Sifted and this is a TV commercial. We are absolutely running it because we don't have any ad revenue whatsoever for the video game company. So here it is, I don't even want to spoil it. It's a TV commercial, let's roll it. So we've got Ed from the agency coming in to give us a sneak preview of the new ad. We're looking to get this out across Europe ASAP. Oh great, Ed. Hi guys.
2: Uh, listen, really, really sorry I'm late. Um, I hope I'm not in the doghouse. Um, well, if you just give me a minute, I'll just hand out these. Um, I like to call them the dog
1: Okay. um, well, thanks for coming in, Ed. We're all really excited to see what you've come up with for God of War.
2: Mm. God of War. Just give me... Two seconds. If I just computer problem. Shall I take a Actually, look? Well, it's fine. It's, it's, it's all just quite technical. The, uh, so, well, April. no, I wouldn't. You know, oh, it's, no, it's, it's, just it's my back. laptop. So,
1: in an age of gods and monsters, a new breed of hero is born. This April. Sometimes four legs are better than two. In battle, every dog has
0: its day. Get your paws on this year's biggest game. Because man's best friend is now your
1: enemy's worst nightmare. Dog of War. Only on PlayStation.
2: How committed are you to the name?
0: That is so great, man. I love, love, love that commercial. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, so let's see, we got some questions here. Um, Here's one from W. Matthew, who is always, I will say, the first person in the chat to ask a question every week. Hmm. And therefore, we answer his question pretty much every week the w stands for win apparently pro tip for you guys on the stream if you want your question answered you got to beat w matthew to the punch uh and here's a question do you think some of the games press will turn on god of war like they did horizon last year do you think god of war will have a lasting impact or is it just an excellent game if it does how so
1: uh it wouldn't surprise me to see some backlash later in the year as we approach game of the year because you always hit that point where People think, like, oh, it was, it, you saw it with Zelda a little bit, too, where people were like, oh, everyone's just going to give it to this game, and so I want to, like, we, we need to have, like, argue about it. We need to have a kind of, what if it's not that good, Yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. So I think that will happen to some degree, but I don't think it'll be taken particularly seriously.
0: I honestly don't think it will. I think the game is so freaking good that anybody that plays it is going to be like, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm not saying they'll believe it. I'm just saying, like, there is always room for another hot take. Well, you're want you know? you're right. But you want to have that conversation. I mean, you want to make yeah. sure you're coming to the right decision. So I don't begrudge anyone for having that conversation at all. But I think ultimately, once that conversation is had, everyone's going to be like, no, that thing's freaking awesome. Like, mm-hmm. I i don't know. When I see people complaining about it, it's people who haven't played much of it or haven't played it at mm-hmm. all. Um, and I think once that, those people spend some more time with it, they're also going to see the light and see how great it is. Yeah, never underestimate bad taste. Well, look, there's going to be Xbox, Nintendo fanboys who are going to crap on it just
1: because... And, and PC. Like PC people I've seen are it, like, oh, I don't want to play it because I don't want to play something that's not 60 frames a second or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, mm, okay. Get over it, bruh.
0: <laughs> it's like, it's better to play it than not play it. Absolutely. With yeah. that game, absolutely. But I, um... I honestly, and I don't remember people turning on Horizon i know a uh, lot of people saying like it came out early in the year and i kind of Hori- forgot about horizon
1: it Horizon got more, kind of more of a oh it's just another open world game thing whereas like zelda created magic <laughs> geniuses or something i don't know yeah i don't buy it because i still think Horizon's the best thing from last year yeah um but horizon is more of a refinement of a thing of a of a type of game that a lot of people are sick of via ubisoft i think yeah um so this, I, I don't think I don't think God of War will hit that as much because God of War doesn't have as many games similar to it in terms of influence going forward. Uh, it would be nice, but like so much of why God of War is is as good as it is is because they threw a ton of resources at a bunch of really talented people, yeah. and I feel like you can't really replicate that very easily. I
0: think the other thing too is that it doesn't do anything innovative. In, i mean the camera stuff is in a bit. there's a couple camera things stuff that, somewhat and like I, the echolocation stuff is cool and you don't see
1: a lot of games doing yeah, that and I, and I would argue that the the com like the combat with the axe is different yeah. like it's it's at least a cool idea that was done well and it didn't have to be done i mean it, it need to be done well but like you could have screwed that up about five different ways and they yeah, didn't absolutely. It's, very, it's good and it's satisfying and it works um it's probably the best Thor game ever made. <laughs> you know, it's point, like because yeah. pulling yeah, the, yeah, pulling absolutely. the hammer back equivalent. Yeah, you know? like it felt like Thor in, yeah. in the movies. Agreed. Um, and uh, so yeah, but like I mean, would I like you know the people who make the next Zelda to take note? Yeah, absolutely. Do, or the next Metroid. Yeah. I think you could make a Metroid game out of that formula. Yeah. Pretty. I mean, it is a Metroid game in some ways in terms of how they kind of gate things, but like. Yeah, I'd like to see some existing uh, franchises take some lessons from that, but I think the main thing i like is I can't think of another established series that like turned itself on its head to that degree. I mean, Resident Evil 4 is probably the closest yeah. equivalent, like you brought up earlier, and I'd just like to see more established franchises take that leap. I'd agree with that. Yeah, you know, not even aping God of War, just... Yeah. Think so far outside the box, you invent your your franchise by necessity.
0: Yeah, I think the, pro- the thing with God of War is that there's not just like something that you can just steal, right? And all of a sudden your game is like God of War. What makes it so great is that everything mm. is done so yeah. well. I, I mean, I and think- you're right. It's like. You just have the the budget, the time, and the talent to mm-hmm. do it, or you don't. I mean, they're taking kind of the
1: the world concept of a Zelda or a Metroid. They're taking you know lessons from the combat of Dark Souls without kind of going full Dark Souls. Yep. Uh, they're taking um, kind of a camera idea and sort of the narrative focus and exploration kind of thing from like well i would credit it to tomb raider i would yeah. credit the reboot of tomb raider it's, it's very yeah. much taken from something like that or maybe like you know distantly related to uncharted um it's taking a lot of things and meshing them together and making it all sing in a way that to me doesn't take oh we saw this and took it it takes talent to make that all work Absolutely. and so the the thing about like saying like oh is it going to influence it well, like well, it's like zelda it's like Zelda's not doing really... Breath of the Wild isn't really doing anything that no other game has ever done. It's just doing it better and making it all work together in a way that we haven't seen before because it was made by people that had an idea and were able to execute it properly. And Mm -hmm. I think that's the same thing that's happening with God of War. And also a lot of resources. Right. And a lot of time. But it's like I always say, uh, execution is more important than innovation. Yeah. Like, God of War is just... It's a bunch of stuff we have seen before, but it's done better than just about anything else we've seen in its own parts, and then you put all these parts together with no weak links, and you're like, that's a great freaking game. Yeah, absolutely. I can't point to something that some other company should steal. Maybe Square Enix should, you know, tell whoever's making the Avengers game to, there, hey. there's your Thor. <laughs> yeah, right, like, there's much. your Thor gameplay, just yeah. steal that. But, like, overall, I can't point to anything God of War and be like, that should be, you know, I mean, what are you gonna do? Like, games should have more canoes? Yeah, I Actually, I'd be okay
0: with that. <laughs> Uh, here's one the legacy. Do you think that Red Dead Two can beat God of War for Game of the Year? I did say earlier it'd be hard to see a game that could beat mm-hmm. it, but actually Red there Dead is could. there is
1: a game that could beat it. Yeah. yeah. Spider Man and Red Dead Two are kind of my my two candidates for like if any yeah. I like anything better this year than God of War, it's probably gonna be one of those two games.
0: Yeah, I'd agree with you. That, yeah, it's Spider Man or you're you're absolutely right. I I think that uh, Red Dead has that opportunity, yeah. but I would say this: if Red Dead is GTA 5 in the Wild West, it won't beat it, in mm-hmm. my opinion. It needs to be better than that. It needs to do something different. And I think Rockstar has kind of fallen on its laurels a little bit here. I mean, mm-hmm. Grand Theft Auto 5 isn't all that different from Grand Theft Auto 4. Yeah, one of the
1: well, I guess one of the things that maybe is a good lesson from God of War is how well they keep mixing things up and how you're never quite doing the same thing twice. Yeah. Even from dungeon to dungeon. They keep, it, they keep it fresh even if they're just putting the same pieces together in a different order. Yeah. Um, and that's a lesson I would say that Rockstar could have learned seven years ago. Yeah. Um, they, they do tend to kind of have, here's all the game mechanics, now play 20 more missions that have you know that we just sort of threw together I, I don't feel like the missions in most of the games that Rockstar puts out in terms of the open world stuff really ex, you know are interested in keeping you excited and interested so much as oh, okay well, this is what we can make and I, having just replayed Red Dead Redemption one, I think th- it that suffers from staleness real early on like, yeah. like one third of the way through that game, I'm I'm pulling myself through to see what happens to John Marston. I don't care right. about any of the missions I'm playing.
0: Yep. I, I think that uh, Rockstar needs to look in the mirror here because yeah. maybe that's why it's been so long since Maybe. I mean,
1: if there's one thing Rockstar is good at, it's like saying, yeah, we sit there and wonder like, "Where have you been? What have you been doing for all these years?" and you're like, "We've been making amazement." And you're like, "Oh, okay." Yeah. GTA 5 I don't think really blows my doors off anymore, but at the time I was really amazed by it. And I'm hoping Red Dead Redemption 2 does something similar.
0: Uh, Justin Horman, how do you feel about Quantic Dream suing two media publications? Actually, we had meant to talk about that in our rundown. We had, It's in the rundown. All right, it does say talking plus about, lawsuit. Yeah, yeah, we just end up talking about the game. Um, it's suing the press for the reports that there was sexual harassment and things like mm. that in the company. Um, companies suing journalists in general I don't think is a good idea. no. But in this case, if it's true that there really wasn't that stuff going on, I can kind of understand why it would want to. That's going to
1: get into, like, where they got the information.
0: Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't sue them for money. Like, I would sue them to... Retraction. Right, yeah. Um, If, in fact, I mean, it's not that hard of a thing to believe frankly it's really not um, but it's gonna be easy to figure out whether it's true or not as yeah. well because you're gonna be well, able c- to talk to employees and former employees right. well it
1: also depends what you're, I mean it's like if you're just suing because you didn't want them to tell anyone about it that's not gonna work yeah like it has to have been false right that's gonna be a, a fake story Absolutely. And then even then, and if, do you
0: really think that anyone would write a story like that if they did not no. have at least a couple? Well, sources? even then, I mean, it's you, possible. You but. read
1: the you read the text of the article, and if it says allegedly or claimed, They're or off whatever, like you're off the hook. Yep. Like, as long as you don't say for sure that happened, if yep. you just say you know so and so claims this ha- this is what yeah. was happening, and you know, and if especially if they reached out to Quantic Dream and got no comment or whatever, it's like that's due diligence. So. Yeah, absolutely. It's Um, probably a dead end, but you know, if they feel feel they got to do it, they can waste their money on it.
0: uh, Here's one from Vincent. How much does knowing about Shadow the Tomb Raider so early factor into your relative indifference towards today's reveal? I don't think it really has anything to do with it, to be honest with you. No, I just think it's a very expected... It's not even that early, because thing. the game is coming out in four or five well, months. Well, I think it means
1: that, like, we've known about the title of the game uh. for, like, two years. I mean, they, the leaks and everything have been yeah. going on for years on this game. Right? I don't
0: think that changed my reaction to... No,
1: not really. I mean, obviously I'm not super surprised by the title. Um, yeah. But, like... I mean, to me, it's just it's like it's like how I I enjoy a good grilled cheese sandwich, but I'm not gonna look forward to it all day. Yeah, I'm just be like, oh, that would be really good right now. I like, I like that's grilled how, cheese. Yeah, that's gonna be good. <laughs> I'm gonna enjoy that. Like, it's it's that's how that's what and I, I I somewhere like Square Enix's PR is like, no, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, it's no, she she becomes the grilled cheese. She was <laughs> meant to be. There's there's like there's like provolone in there and shit. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, no, it's just, it's like comfort, it's like gaming comfort food. Like, I know what it is, I know what it's going to be, I know what they're doing by now, and I'm looking forward to more of it, but it's like, that doesn't mean I'm super excited to, like, break a door down and play an hour of it, you know? Yeah. It's like, it's it's a known quantity, and I'm looking forward to it, but I'm also kind of, you know, I'm busy. Yeah. <laughs> I got other things to do right now. I mean, honestly,
0: even before the, the, the reveal that happened this morning, I... If you had talked to me about this yesterday and said, hey, you think you're going to be really excited when the new Tomb Raider is unveiled, even with not knowing, I probably would have said, probably not that much. Yeah um it's a known quantity i mean if it was point. like a
1: total reinvention again right maybe but like it's like yeah okay it's, i mean this is basically an expansion pack
0: so maybe in that reason. case actually what he's saying about us kind of knowing about it beforehand maybe it did have a little bit of an impact that's because true, but, I mean, but, we kind of knew it was going to be the same type of game
1: yeah but even like i mean if it, if you if nothing had leaked if we'd never heard of this we had no idea another one was coming and they did this reveal just that what my reaction would still be it's like oh that that's tomb rider it's like it's that's another. That's another one of these. Yeah. And great, I like these. But like, it's not like something that like gets me talking. You know, right. I guess. I guess. If, if I was like, oh my God! Did you see the thing that looks exactly like the thing we played before, but it's in a jungle now? Like, yeah. that's not a. That's not a. a it's not going to set the 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 inter, inter, internet on fire, really. I, I, I don't think. Um, and it
0: appears that it did, It did not set the internet on fire. Tonight, no, I might add. Um, it was not a big story. Like it was not being shared all across social media. Yeah. Like you would maybe think it would. And it's, you know.
1: And again, it's like like you said. It's like is it, is it something I'm looking forward to playing? Yeah. Is it a game of the year candidate? Probably not. Like yeah. it's probably going to be like the ninth or tenth best thing I play this year. But
0: that's still pretty good. It is on my fantasy team.
1: Yeah. Well, you. I think your fantasy team's doing all right. Cause you got God of War as well. Oh, that's right. Yeah, there was no one. Like, I got Spider Man, yeah. But, like that first, those first three picks, like worked out pretty well because you went from, you know, going first matters, it does, you know. it helps for sure. So,
0: finally got to go first, All and, you got, for one and you got
1: Red Dead and God of War, which is going to be quite a, uh, quite a
0: lineup. We'll see how Red Dead does. I'm not convinced yet. Here's a new person in our chat, so we're going to answer their question. Uh, the J Bone 29. Welcome, man. Hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, Sony released its financials today, and PlayStation VR info is nowhere to be found. Do you think PlayStation VR will have the same fate as the Vita? It Good by- question. Yeah, Way to s- jump into uh, Game Face and, and rock it right out of the gate. If by same fate as the Vita,
1: you mean they'll sort of mildly occasionally mention it at E3 for the next five years before
0: quietly forgetting it ever existed? Not a bad bet. Well, the one thing about the Vita is it was, it was really popular in Japan, mm-hmm. and I don't see PlayStation VR doing that no but i think think you may see playstation vr be like the vita was in the u.s in both the u.s and japan Mm -hmm. well at least the vita had kind of a steady
1: stream of you know indies in indie but also like just like weird anime stuff that no one cared about but that like core niche demographic um and i'm thinking of it more in terms of how sony supported it which was like Every once in a while, they just sort of go Vita wild. Like, remember two years ago at E3, and like everything had a Vita version, and guys, you know, developers kept coming out holding up Vitas and going like, and it's also on the Vita. And it's like, and we're like, wow, look at all that. And they're like, nothing. Like, you never mentioned again. Like, it's yeah. just, it just vanished into the ether. Um, I could see that happening in the PlayStation VR. Like, like, But who knows? I, mean, I don't know i th-
0: it feels to me like sony's still supporting it pretty tough it is but it's just we're it's, getting like debuts for playstation vr stuff like every day it's still. a serious slow burn um i'm interested to see if they get
1: a section of their own in the sony press conference at E3 this year and of course i think one of the big things is the big questions is when when the time comes to announce the playstation 5 or whatever the next generation system is called is there a vr component alongside it not included with it but like will they mention vr with it right like at the very least, will you say, like, and your VR games will be better than ever? Like you, if, you, if they don't mention that, I think you're in trouble.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, the one thing I will say, though, is if it does end up becoming a dead system, it won't be one of those dead systems where at the end of the day you're like, nothing ever came out for it. I mean... Yeah, it had some good stuff. I don't even know if it was all that good, but there's a lot of games yeah, for it. they tried. I admit, I admit I haven't felt the need to unpack it. In I haven't played months. mine in a long time. But, I, I honestly regret buying it. To be honest with you, I almost wish that I had saved that money for that, mm-hmm. and then just saved a little more and got Viver Rift. Mm-hmm. But it is what it is. I mean, I, I feel <laughs> I feel like we we were
1: on target with the recommendations of like mm, only yeah. if you will never ever miss that money. Right. Um, you know, it's definitely a super super luxury item like toy. Yeah. Um, and I think For I've... me, it's
0: the sickness thing. It's, you know, it's hard to figure out whether you're going to get sick from VR when you spend five right. minutes here, ten minutes with it there. And I wish I had gotten a bigger session of it to know how it was going to affect me, um, because I wouldn't have not bought VR at all. I would have saved more money to get mm-hmm. something that will run better, so it doesn't make me sick. I got to admit, I would probably play it more if I had better vision yeah um you the, have to wear the glasses well the
1: glasses but also like may I have contacts but like yeah. putting contacts in is a pain yeah. and like i can't having, having to kind of do that to just play a video game for for what is probably going to be about like, 20 minutes but it's not know? even
0: just that it's also getting all the stuff out and setting up the camera and making sure you're standing in the spot like yeah
1: well i had all that like ready to go at all times in my old apartment but like i just never wanted to pick it up and do that because it was so much prep yeah. work like i had to i have to I have to touch my eyeball
0: to make this work. It's like, it's a different... Screw that. I'm so glad man. I don't have context. All right. So that's it for Game Face 126. And that is it for our studio, folks. I cannot believe... Yep. This is it. Man. I remember... Say goodbye like, to Great White. It's crazy, dude. Like, I remember... You mean the shelving unit? The shelving... This whole room is It is all white. Blinding white. white. Well, we have uh, hardwood floors, but otherwise the whole thing Every is time white. I walk in
1: here, I feel like I'm going to meet that old man from The Matrix Reloaded. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Uh, it's crazy, though, uh, I just, I'm thinking about, like, um, when I first came to look at this place, and I had looked at a bunch of other places, and I walked in, and, like, before I even walked through the door, I was like, I'll take it. <laughs> um, and then I remember coming in, and, and it's like, you know, all the dreams that are in your head when you first start your business, and what's gonna happen? Is this gonna happen? But, and, like, none of it's happened. A <laughs> Couple things did happen you maybe didn't think about. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but it's like, this is like a, a reflection point for me, thinking about what it was like when I first came in here, and, like, I hadn't bought my gear, and I... Had like all the stuff that I had left over from GT that I brought in and then started buying and purchasing all our gear for this place. And, uh, you know, my dream when I first walked in was like, you know, in a few months, this room's going to be full. And I'm going to have to start looking at like uh, trying to get other rooms from like these other people. And Mm -mm. it just never happened. Well, it's Um, hard to compete with people who can find crystals through magic. Yeah, (laughs) it's true uh but
1: one of my favorite memories is sam's reaction to that That yeah yeah the
0: crystal guy we have a crystal doctor who is like across the hall in another suite from us and he is very weird he uses like dousing rods and to to find and like so sometimes we'd go out in the middle we
1: did usually in the middle of the day we did earlier in the day you go out and there's all these people in the parking lot and they've covered up like <laughs> crystals of like plastic cups and pieces of paper. And they're like walking around these dowsing around trying to find them. But, and, and like, and we're, we just, I just want
0: to be like, there, it's right yeah. there. Like, what are you looking for? Yeah. Like, and they're paying this guy for that. It's amazing. Yeah. And then there was, uh, for the longest time we had the woman next to us who gave voice lessons. Oh, right. While well, was singing. And we would be sitting in here and literally listening, like to something, like sound like they're sitting next to you while they were singing. Yeah. And then she went and like soundproofed her thing, and then she got thrown out. Like a few months, it's just been it's been crazy. There was an acting class where people would just be in the halls,
1: like reading lines, reading lines, or like, or like fake laughing. Like, they were the one day. I remember one day they were. Just, I think they were just training to fake laugh, and like yeah. every five minutes they'd just be laughing through these very thin walls. Yeah. And we're like, can the people in the stream hear that? Because like it sounds like we have like a really badly trained audience.
0: Like, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's I don't know. It's been crazy. Uh, it's been bittersweet. Like. Some things have been better than I thought they would be from that day I walked in here mm-hmm. some have been worse. Um, the overall the space has worked out well though. Yeah, like, it was all right.
1: And I'm everything kind of collapsed at the same time. Right about the time the eviction notice showed up was also the time the street here went permit yeah. only. <laughs> so we can't park anywhere near yeah. this unless we park in the in the lot. But yeah. like if, we can park in a lot now cuz no one cares. You know, there's nobody here. There's nobody here. There's to, no one to left to park here anymore but yeah. like um, if it was still an active building, we'd be like we'd, park, we'd be parking a mile away
0: from the studio it at this suck, point. Yeah. Um, but I, look, I do want to take this moment to thank people who have been uh, behind Sifted from the beginning. Uh, because of you guys, we have had this location for three years. Uh, I'm talking about the people who are in our closed beta before the site even launched to the public. Um, you guys have been there from the beginning You're a big reason we were able to keep this location all this time. I just want you to know that I really, really, really appreciate it. Um, And to everyone new, a lot of the folks who are on Patreon, thank you as well. Uh, Without you guys, this wouldn't keep going. Um, I don't know where we're going next. We're kind of homeless in all honesty. Uh, I have to find a place to put all this stuff until we find out a solution. Uh, But we're not going to give up. We're going to keep looking and we'll figure it out. Uh, We'll be back next Friday somewhere doing Game Face, uh, so hopefully you, guys, hopefully you guys will look forward to it. Again, thank you guys so, so much. Uh, we re- I really appreciate everything you guys have done to keep uh, the lights on in this place for as long as we did. So with that, Game Face 126 in the books. We'll see you next week. Game Face is up and out.